everybody. Welcome to episode 287 of RP Gamers RPG Cast. We're here to bring you the latest in RPG news, which of course will be dominated by non-RPGs this week. Thanks to it's being PS4 Lunch Week. Woo! I feel like Kermit the Frog when I do stuff like that. Ah, in addition to that, I've got the RPG panelists that you come to know and love, starting with the one I love most, Anna Marie Privetier. Oh, but I think you're biased. I'm slightly biased. In addition to that, we've got John Yearworth. I spent huge quantities of money. <laughs> On what? Um, do you really want to know? Oh, absolutely. Um... Well, uh, I rebuilt my computer, uh, again. Again? You, you make it sound like you do it every month. <laughs> well, I can't remember how long it was since I rebuilt it last time. Oh, it's been two months this time, okay. What um, did you do? What'd you do? Um, well, I have a GTX Titan in my machine oh, now. Oh, come on now! What do you need that for? <laughs> I need it for everything. For every, it'll play everything at once. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> now, didn't didn't AMD just release a chipset that's better than the Titan? Oh, probably. Don't tell them that I remember that there was like a story that like AMD took the crown back for a second or something, and now Nvidia is going to release something else that's even better because you know that's how it works. Um, John, am I wrong or is that a one thousand dollar part that you put into your machine? Uh, maybe. Maybe. But, but, well, I guess it costs less than a MacBook. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. measure everything in, in <laughs> fraction of MacBook Pro cost. That, that, that'll work for me. Wow, that's expensive. Oh, good, free shipping. So if you spend $1,000 on a graphics card, you get free shipping. That's good to know. <sighs> Manny, did you upgrade your computer this week? What? <laughs> Manny is barely awake, coming at us from sunny California? It's a little cloudy today. A little cl- overcast California. Cloudy with a uh, chance of meatballs? First Manny. time in like in November. November's been warm. Manny, I know you don't want to do this, but Manny, Manny, you were at BlizzCon last week. Oh, that ain't not? happening. I'm sorry. <laughs> that ain't happening. What does that I'm mean? Just telling you that right now. Why don't we talk about the things that we liked about it? Because, I mean, we watched it on DirecTV. We did. And then Manny can pipe in and say, yeah, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally, this, I'm Manny? literally here just because. Basically, me being here right now is me listening to the podcast. I'm being dead serious. What did you? I'm play? not downloading this later, so I'm just listening to the podcast. And every now and then, people get to hear me commenting live on the podcast. <laughs> oh, All this episode's terrible. Annie. Is Anna eating again? God, I hate when she eats. That's a <laughs> oh, I'm gonna write such angry feedback. I am not eating today. All right, so we, last week we already talked about the big stories out of BlizzCon. That was the announcement of the expansion, the Hearthstone updates, the Diablo 3 stuff. Um, what I need to know, Manny, did you get to play any of the BlizzCon g- games on the floor, like the PS4 version Diablo 3 or something? Mm-hmm. You did. Cool. He won't tell us what it's like because he doesn't want to talk about BlizzCon. But... Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> let me see. Uh, the PS4 version was kind of crappy, and really, and um, <sighs> fine. Peer pressure. I'll write stuff. You can read it later. It'll okay. be up on my. It's not peer pressure. Peer pressure is to talk. <laughs> it was crappy. You say? 
Yeah. What I'm sure I had a good reason why I thought that. But not you don't remember what it is now? I literally did not sleep last night. You did not? Okay. Manny had his own extra life marathon without the charity <laughs> and without the, without the fun. All right. So, sad, dark, and lonely. Oh. We learned a lot about Rebirth Souls. So um, they're going to change it so that you don't have to go through normal and then hard and then even harder and then the hardest. They're just going to let you pick a difficulty. I'm not entirely certain how that's going to work because... Well, that's for adventure mode, Anna. No, that's for all modes. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're just not sure how that's going to work yet. And then Reaper of Souls is going to be the new Act 5. So it's basically just going to continue on the story. And Chris tells me that this is what Diablo 2 was like. But yeah. having not played Diablo 2, I didn't know that. They just added a new act and then rebalanced the whole game. And and so they also added adventure mode where you don't have to follow the story. All the waypoints are open. Like, it's kind of crazy sauce. But what they do is um, they put in bounties. And the bounties encourage you to go to the specific locations and kill specific mobs. They've also changed it so that certain things that you, certain mobs that used to be completely static are now random for example um moira hedwig used to be just in the cellar now she's wandering around outside the town did you call her hedrig i thought it was i think you're thinking of her husband oh. hedrig yeah sorry because she says his name <laughs> yep that'd be a cool zombie just walking around going hedwig hedwig victorian That's fashion fan Yes. <laughs> so yeah, whoever, whatever her name is, she's wandering around. Okay. And what else? Well, I think we talked about all that stuff last week, though, didn't we? Um, no, because most of those details hadn't been revealed yet. Like, Adventure Mode was revealed at BlizzCon. Yeah, and we had watched that reveal. Really? Yeah. Because okay, it was bad. Friday night that that was revealed. Mm, okay. Saturday stuff. What did we learn Saturday? Artosis is good at Hearthstone. Yes. Um, and what else did we learn? I don't um, even remember. Critical hit is awesome. Okay. But I'm biased. Mm-hmm. You're doing their <laughs> community management or social media or something. So. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And we didn't care about Blink-182. So no, there we, we go. we didn't watch the concert. All right. Manny won't tell us I, anything. I, I, was, I wasn't aware anyone cared about Blink-182. I don't think they do. Yeah, the problem was is it was like there was no Lee Torrent Chieftains and the band was Blink-182. So no <laughs> thanks. What's the point watching the concert? Mm-hmm. Um, the talent show was good. There were fewer people was, that showed up talent. naked just to be naked. It was a talent show? Yeah. There's always a talent show. Yeah, there's a costume contest. Oh. That's not usually what I associate with. I usually I usually see a difference between talent show and costume contest. Like, did they, what, are they the same thing or something? Well, there was also a talent contest where it was like a bunch of musicians and stuff. Well, you had to submit your talent entries ahead of time, and so they picked the best three of, like, or, or something like that. And yeah, and there was McKinema movies and stuff like that. So there was actually a talent contest, but there was also the costume contest. It's really more like, see the winners of the best music acts, the best yes. movies, etc. Yes. stuff like that. Uh, okay. So Manny's still asleep. He won't tell us any juicy details about nerds doing weird things I in life. I saw lines. Conan O'Brien. You saw Conan? Yeah, we saw pictures of it. Ooh. What was Conan doing? He was at BlizzCon. Uh, his gamer. 
thing. His clueless gamer. I am. Did yeah. they make a segment out of that already? Um, yeah, the guy who does it with him was there too. Yeah. Nice. I need to find that segment and watch it. They, it's probably not produced yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, it takes them a while, I'd imagine. Hmm. Interesting. Um. What else about BlizzCon? Did you actually um, go both days? Yeah. You bailed early the one day though. <laughs> I like how like 8 p.m. is considered early. <laughs> <laughs> it's BlizzCon! <laughs> What'd you go over uh, to Disneyland? Was, I think this show in particular yeah. was, uh, it was, it was a it was an off year. Yeah. There wasn't a ton to see or do. Uh, I think the the busy I'll give you some flavor. I'll give you flavor. That's what I can do mm-hmm. right now. Is um so like the busiest booth was the Heroes of the Heroes Storm? booth. Yeah. Yeah, no stories there. That had a line that wrapped around the booth like twice. Now, apparently, you could go in and play like some five v five and versus the AI. Yeah, like, and everybody was waiting in line for for five v five, and the lines for AI were smaller or something like that. Yeah, well, I guess they were they were obscured it, it, by the other line. <laughs> it was it was really long. It was okay. like it literally like wrapped around the booth yeah. one whole time, and every other booth was nothing like that. I think that the, the like the new World of Warcraft expansion was playable, and it didn't. See, this particular expansion is difficult to, to to discuss. It's difficult to write about. It's difficult to even really demo because, well, with uh, Cataclysm, you can look around and see the new world and what it looks like. Right. Then they had the two new races. You can play. You jump into Goblin starting area. You can jump into the Wargan starting area. With uh, Miss of Pandaria, you had the new land, and you had the Panda people, and you had the new class. This one is just, hey, I'm level 90, whatever. Here's some lore that you may or may not know. And there's, you're in the, we're throwing you in the middle of a battle. Thrall's telling you to go kill somebody. Uh, go do this. Go do that. Oh, uh, the orcs look slightly better. It's, it's really difficult to talk about. And I think it's even really more difficult to even demo, really. Mm-hmm. So I can, see, I can see why, unless you really, really care about the future of your level 90 characters, you can just easily skip past it. Do you get to hear the new hunter sound effects? Like, it, it's 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 just an early beta of of this content they're doing stuff, and it's literally just imagine you you downloaded the thing, you did the opening cutscene, and then as soon as you're done, you're dropped into the first zone. Mm-hmm. It's that mm-hmm. you're you're in that first zone. Okay, so just go. Go. So, like I said, it, it's a very difficult thing to demo. Some people uh, focused on finding the stuff that wasn't textured yet. <laughs> for their playtime, uh, I thought that was funny. No, but I mean, like everything else was like easy. Like you know, you you go play Hearthstone, you go play a match. You you go, you want to go see well, the you go see the heroes, you go play a match. You uh, want to go see some Reaper of Souls, jump into adventure mode for like ten minutes, or jump into the Act Five for ten minutes. But this one, I think that was very difficult. Out of all the BlizzCons I went to, and all the times I've had to sample of World of Warcraft, that was like decidedly the most difficult to get into because it's just it's not even like it's. Pick pick a race, any race. Pick any class. Here's the entire hop bar is full. It's not. It may not be a spec you're used to playing, and it's not the abilities you would have chosen for yourself in the order you would have chosen. So right. just go. Mm-hmm. It, that was the most difficult to show to talk about, to really identify what's new. Did you? And um, I yeah. and I did the entire the entire uh, first boss of that entire zone, and I, it's still a difficult thing to put into words. And 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 really articulate what's new and what's different, or why you should even care. Hmm. 
But Reaper Souls was, like I said, Reaper Souls was easy. I mean, they had two things on show. They had the Act 5, which everyone got to play Gamescom already or got to talk about it. I'm sure you've read it about a million times. And the Adventure Mode, which surprisingly works really well. I mean, Adventure Mode is probably better than the main game by itself now. It's just so fast and fluid. You basically jump in. You have the entire map open to you. Every every waypoint open and every single act, and you just jump around. Say, I got ten minutes. I want to go play some Diablo. I, I didn't think you could do that before. Not with Diablo three. There was never. I have ten minutes. I want to play some Diablo, but it's very much now has that sort of Hearthstone kind of mentality. I have ten minutes. I'll play a quick match. Yeah. I have ten minutes. I'm going to play some Diablo. So you pick an act. Act one, two, three, four. They didn't have adventure mode for Act five because that would have spoiled the entire thing. Right. So. I said, okay, uh, Act 3 looks interesting. So I jumped to the Act 3, and you'll have like for anywhere from like 3 to 5 exclamation points on the map. And those are your bounties. And I remember there's 5 bounty types. There's a, there's clear out a room full of enemies, uh, complete an objective, find a unique mob. Uh, I had this in a podcast, but unfortunately my demo, my audio came out really poor. So I wasn't able to... But he, he talked about all 5... But there's five modes, there's five types, and they mix them up and it's all random, and you get random legendary loot. So random legendaries as a reward for completing five of these tasks. So it was really great. I, I For example, I jumped into Act 3. I, I did this multiple times. There were, <laughs> it was a very slow BlizzCon that I actually spent more time playing games this year than I did any other year. Mm-hmm. To the point where I got sick of playing them. I, did, I got sick of playing the demo, so I left. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> and That's then you came back. I'm not even joking. I literally got to play everything to death. I played Hearthstone on an iPad. I played uh, the the versus AI mode with like six different characters. How does that feel, by the way, on the iPad? It's better on the iPad. Really? It's so huh. much better. That is good to know. Because you, you move around with the clicking. You know, the clicking feels a little slower. You move your cursor over. You move your cursor over. Mm-hmm. But with the iPad, it's just literally just tap, flick your finger up. Tap, flick your finger up. Tap, that, tap your finger up. That is kind of cool. I, I think the, it was the only place that was actually – it was a surprise because on the show floor, they had some touch screen stuff. But it was like a janky Intel implementation of like tablet PCs. <laughs> yeah, it was like uh, Windows – yeah, it, it was it was crappy because you know the Apple has their hundred device limit, like fifty device limit for their betas. Right. So I guess these were literally just the beta units they were testing the iPad builds on. So these bought them in there, and they and it was great because it had like basically like three million gold. <laughs> and and nice. there were some pre-created decks, and basically every single card in the deck were gold legendaries. <laughs> And they were all connected to the internet, so basically everyone who was is in the press room was just jumping in to random matches with random people, and then they get and they imagine they get matched up with me, and every card I play is a golden lender. I just imagine what the guy's thinking to himself. It's like, oh, can you believe this shit? How much money this guy spent? Um, we we did actually. I don't remember if we talked about this because I think it might have been released on Saturday. 44% of the people that are like in their Grand Master League like, have not spent a single do- penny yes, on cards. Spent no money. That is impressive. Yeah, but imagine that with these, anyone who playing in a random game against anyone in the, from there, just every single card is like a legendary card. And like at one point, <laughs> I had like three Death Wings, two Anixia. <laughs> it was absurd. It was absurd. That's awesome. <laughs> So awesome. you could imagine I played a lot of Hearthstone just because, like, this is the only time I have any of these cards. I'm going to milk it for as much as I can. That is awesome. 
Oh, but back to uh, the adventure mode. I got sidetracked. Yes. The adventure mode is great. So basically, I did it like four times. I told you I had a lot of free time. There was nothing else to do but play games at this show. It was very slow. You, you didn't go to many of the panels? Dude, uh, you ate the, lunch next to Jeff Kanata. <laughs> Uh, no, with the virtual ticket, I did, um, every loot card includes a free virtual ticket. Huh? Every virtual ticket includes a free loot card. No, no, no. Every loot card. In the goodie bag, there's a loot card. Oh, okay. And they, this year, for the first time, they've included the virtual ticket. Huh. So you could watch it afterwards. So that you could go back and watch it afterwards. Yeah, so I literally had no reason to sit for any panel. Wow. Unless you wanted to ask questions. No, they have developer Q&As for that. Yeah, but that's a panel. Yeah, but I, I can do a Q&A and ask anything oh, I want. Oh, right, because you're media. That's funny. Yes. <laughs> that's how this website works. Really? Okay, so the adventure board. Okay, mm-hmm. so I, I jumped into, like, for example, I jumped in, I had a, I was playing as the Crusader class, which is fantastic. I can get into a little depth of the Crusader class. I Basically, the, when I walked away from the Reaper Souls demo, I walked away thinking Adventure Mode plays great and adds so much to the game, and the Crusader is, like, my new favorite class. It was a great mid-range sort of tank class. It's, like, a lot of power. Uh, yeah, but, only on P3, but only on PC? Did you feel that uh, way? Well, let me get to that first with the Adventure okay. Mode. So the Crusader. So the Crusader plays great. I mean, you run around, you jump into the middle of a group. There's a lot of control. And then you, one of my favorite abilities sort of calls down the sort of like solar beam ray that sort of just scorches everything around you. And there's a great attack that can summon some lightning strikes from around you. There's this, like this flaming steed that can really get you across the map really quickly. It was just, just a fun class to play and a lot of variety. And it feels powerful. And you can play him long range if you want. You can play him up close and personal if you want. You can do a mix of both. So it just felt really versatile. And it just really just look cool and some great abilities. And the adventure mode is, like I said, I just played, jumped into the desert region. I went in, I went to the oasis, which which is massive. I forgot how massive that thing was. But it took me a while to find my one little thing. But I found it. I completed my task, killed everyone there, jumped out, jumped into the next zone, like within a minute. Like, seriously, you complete your task and says, task completed. Here's a bunch of gold and XP. And then I just, I just hit the map button, jumped into the next one. This one was like, it was like... The monster I need to kill is right there. I killed that one. Pet M again. Jumped down again into another region. Killed that monster. Finished that task. Jumped out again. It was like literally just boom, boom, boom. It's just so fast. And I'll be just jumping around from place to place. And by the end, like within like 15, 20 minutes, I've completed all five of my objectives. And I clicked on my little loot button and they showed me some legendary items that I would have acquired for that. And apparently, like certain, there are certain kinds of legendaries are sort of grouped in certain regions. So if you want to hunt for a particular kind of legendary, you can focus maybe Act One in this oh, zone. Seriously, ooh, that sounds cool. I like that. And you don't have to be together. Like, so you, all four of us are playing together. Anna could be doing adventure mode in Act Four. I could be doing adventure mode in Act Three. You could be in adventure mode in Act Two. And maybe we can group together if we want to do that. But we nice. don't have to. Okay. Well, we should that's group just... together. I mean, that's what they're encouraging, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but if you don't want to, you can totally just hang out and just talk with your friends. I thought they were giving more bonuses for... Oh, wait, no, that was... Oh, and they are, and they do, but you don't have to stay together, is the only point I'm making. Hmm. But really, it's just that fast. It's just boom, boom, boom. It it felt great to actually... Like, in most demos, you can't really accomplish anything, because thanks you for playing. But in this one, it really... Every time I played that demo, I just jumped in. I finished everything I needed to do. I said, okay, your time is done. I felt completed. I felt satisfied. And that's exactly what I think Diablo's been missing, that sort of quick satisfaction. So, okay. PS4 version, though, not so good? 
Um, you know what it is? It's um okay. So uh, it's it's it was maybe like a threefold problem that I had problems with. It was like maybe four things that were wrong with the experience. One, they had these nice big glossy TVs, so the that hideous light on the back of the PS4 controller was glaring off the screen. Ooh, we have that controller. That's not that hideous, but okay. Oh yeah, it's, it's disgusting. I hate it. Maybe it's because you're right <laughs> next to it. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, number two was there was uh, because it was an early build. There was no sound, and it's amazing how boring that. G- no, no, I mean uh, music. There's mm-hmm. no music. It's amazing how boring the game gets when there's no music. And it, it, the funny thing is, Diablo three is it's not even. It's just mostly it's ambient music anyway. But still, it gets boring. And yeah, three, I mean the music is what really makes the atmosphere. And number three was uh, the. Okay, so of course everybody wants to play the Crusader because that's a new class, right? Right. And I remember the experience that we had during Extra Life, where all four of us were wizards. Were based, exactly, and not once did I ever get confused about which wizard I was. Not once. Right. This game, it was so confusing because I kept on thinking I was this wizard. No, wait, I'm that wizard. I mean, I was. I mean, I'm this crusader. No, wait, I'm that crusader. Well, were you? Was, uh, was it four uh, player co op on the same screen or something? It was a. Uh, it was couch co op. Oh, that's the that's the difference because on PC we like we were playing. Your character centered on the screen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that game fails when you play it two people together. I just didn't like the way people warped around. I just don't like that experience. And it feels, I think I was describing to someone else, someone I ran into at the small world. (laughs) So we were chatting about this stuff. And he he said, like, so what did you think about it? You know what, man? I didn't like it very much. He's like, yeah, why not? You know what? When I play this, it feels like a slow and bad action RPG. Really? I expect. I expect more when I'm playing with the controller. Hmm. Okay. It just now, it just feels like a bad slow action RPG. Now I remember after we played PC at, during Extra Life, I went and played PS3 with Sean Cooper. Um, and we had fun. We really enjoyed it um, on the on the PS3, but we didn't do any couch co-op, mm. so that might be part of it. Yeah. Um, we were enjoying. And we haven't like, played couch I think we were also enjoying how they changed the UI and commenting on. Oh, that's different. Oh, that's different. Oh, that's different. <laughs> oh yeah, I hated the menus. Too. Oh, you did. Just, yeah, are the menus a little clumsy? Yeah, they need to fix that. And change I just that don't more. like the experience. Period. I mean, mm-hmm. let me put it this way: when I walked away from Reaper of Souls on PC, both the act campaign and the and the adventure mode, like sort of like wow, they revitalized. This 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 adventure mode is what this game needed. This Crusader class feels fantastic. I like the guy's personality. He's he's got sort of this like he sounds like a like a British soldier, like a like a nice proper British soldier who's seen some stuff. <laughs> so like a Nafcan bet, like something like that. But he just <laughs> just came back from that feeling sort of like oh this feels great. It made a game that sometimes can feel slow because it really is just clicking and holding down your mouse button, or just holding down the, like the one skill button. It just made it feel like faster, a little bit fresher. But on a controller, I just hold down the X. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just I just want something different from that. And you know, this is completely. Well, that, I mean, that's completely subjective. I mean, mm-hmm. you may disagree with me completely, but that's just how I feel. And maybe if, if you're like me, you'll 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 see where I'm coming from. So, what about uh the other final game? Was I talked a little bit about Hearthstone? World of Warcraft, I did the entire... Okay, so basically, I played the Horde, jumped in. For the Horde! Those characters look much better. They do. They look so much better. I, 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 they didn't have any of the female models done yet. They only had a male orc, male dwarf, male gnome. Interesting. 
they look great. They look. Yeah. There's one well, but that's all you notice from that. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell me about Heroes of the Storm. Well, really quickly about the the demo. It was uh, we dropped in. We it was we're in the past. Thrall is there. You know, even though the orcs look so much better and their models look so much better, they still don't look as good as Thrall does. Of course not. Well, of course not. It's Green Jesus. <laughs> not only that, though, but apparently Green Jesus is like nine feet tall because my orcs look like a dwarf compared to him. Well, like green, so... Yeah, well, the, th- the whole thing about being Green Jesus is you're automatically prettier, taller, and stronger than basically everybody else. Wow. That, that, that's the deal. Yeah, that's yeah. the deal. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny, though, because I thought my, the characters looked so much better. I'm like, wow, these guys look so much better. It's amazing how much better they look. And then I stand next to Thrall and I'm like, oh, my guy looks like crap. <laughs> <laughs> He's so short. I, I think they why. do that with NPC. Well, I think they do that do with it. NPCs. And partly do they do that because Thrall is Chris Metzen. Well, no, no. No, I don't they think that's it. They also do that, that so, you can, they, so you can pick them out of a crowd. And you know well, every them. NPC has multiple models. And that's different true. situations, different scenarios, different... Um, incarnations, they'll they'll show up differently and mm. with different levels of detail. Mm. I think the only thing that ever the only thing that has ever felt a little bit confusing. I mean, I think the like exaggeration in um, NPC size was done just as a I don't know the the hero units in Warcraft Three. I think were slightly sort of larger than their normal unit counterparts. Yeah, which, but it basically kind of means that certain important NPCs, even for races that are ordinarily shorter, are still, because they're, I don't know, faction leaders or whatever, are always, like, two foot taller than the rest of their racial counterparts. Mm. Like, look yeah. at King, like, look at King Varian Ren, or, or even Jaina. Yeah, or, and I mean, part both... of that is, is, like, for example, um, oh, Mount Hygel, the instance. They're huge in that. They're like twice your height. Right, right, right. A bit too big. Well, they did that because they needed to make sure you could see them. Yeah, yeah. it was just funny and noticeable, like the juxtaposition. Oh, yeah. Are we good on audio, real quick? Um, We don't know. I'm working on it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just wondering. So... Um, let's see. What do we got? Uh, oh, here's the storm. Yeah, here's the storm. Yeah. Oh wait, wait. Oh, you keep on getting distracted. Okay, so we land in there. We're, we're we need to prove our worth to the new to the old brown orcs, and we just basically attack a giant. It's just basically avoid some rocks, climb to the top of this tower, beat an ogre mage. Yeah, he's basically fighting like his ogre tower, and then you kill this super ogre mage, and then you've proven your worth to us. Come to the rest of Draenor. <laughs> I'm sorry, Fussy. No, but it was it was cool. It was yeah, fun. I mean, here's wow. the thing: is I feel like they're pumping up a character to ninety, but I'm not sure this is for. Oh, I'm not sure, like why in some ways, because I feel like you're not going to be in touch the same way. Well, I, th- I think the idea that I gathered was that the boost to 90 was put in because um, they wanted to bring... It, it, again, it's the usual thing about um, uh, community that a lot of MMOs spout on about. In that, um, I think... Hmm, I had a sneaking suspicion that they're not going to be adjusting the EXP rates uh, in the Pandaria content that much. I think they, they just kind did. of want people... Did they? Oh, Yeah. They've already nerfed it down the twenty five percent that they normally do. Okay. Because I've been leveling up a character from eighty five to ninety this week. Because BlizzCon convinced me to 
resub to the game. Hmm. Uh, I figured out the audio issue, guys. Is that going to oh. mess up the podcast? We had we, we had silence detection on. No, it right, was only the... for the stream, so it's oh, fixed good, now. Good, good. Sorry, I, <laughs> those of you, you are, who just you, left the chat room and because are listening Chris, to this you are now. amazed that you got that. I'm amazed you got that much BlizzCon out of me because that ain't happening again. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you haven't talked about Heroes of the Storm yet. <laughs> okay, good. But I'm just saying, like, going back, that ain't happening. That was a, if that was a one time thing, that was a one time thing. What do you mean going? Okay, back? so Heroes of the Storm, I played multiple times versus the AI. I I really regret not playing. I remember in the first – I think that was the buzz of the show for one major reason because everything else was a known property, right? Yeah. Everything else – there was like – there was plenty of PS4 and and, and uh, PC demo stations for, for Diablo and it's just an expansion. Uh, World of Warcraft, like I said, it's a hard – it's a hard expansion because the stuff that you care about, the stuff that's different than you would want to show off like the garrisons and stuff like that was not there. It was literally just here's the opening zone of this high-level content. How much do you care? And uh, here, Heart of the Swarm, not Heart of the Swarm. Uh, here, no, no, no. Uh, Hearthstone. Oh. Hearthstone <laughs> is already in beta, and it's yeah, coming to open it's beta. Yeah, it's going soon. into open beta like next month. And there was no StarCraft on the show floor, so the only thing that was new, and not only new, but if you didn't play at that show, you wouldn't get to play again for months and months and months. Here's the storm. So unfortunately, I didn't do the 5v5, and I feel dumb because I had the opportunity to, but I said, no, I'll just play the AI for now so I can learn. And then I, later I found out, like, oh, no, there's like that's the only one that I'm going to get to play for the rest of the show. But mm-hmm. the AI one, it's, it's, it's an objective-based MOBA. Yeah. It's about – and it's short too, 20-minute matches, and what matters more is completing those objectives. Like, for example, the one on the AI one was uh, collecting tokens – so that you can curse the other team. And when you curse the other team, all the minions and towers would would reach about half health and maybe do a little bit less damage. So if there was like a stalemate before, if you if you were doing a good diligent job of collecting three tokens, it was like three. If you collected three, you would curse the other side for maybe like five minutes. But that was enough to break through like like one barrier and all the towers in that barrier and make a really strong push. And if you collected like if you collected six tokens as your as as that means you curse them twice. By that point, you're pushing into the main base and you're like wrapping it up. So, and there was another one, the 5v5, I think was in the sort of like the booty bait type thing where if you collected enough gold and you went down to the mines, collected gold and you gave it to the pirate king, he would turn his ship's cannons on the town and demolish everything and let you yeah, get that to push in there. Yeah, we the developers play. That was pretty cool. So it was interesting. It doesn't, it, it felt... The characters felt good. Like I played uh, Diablo was great. He felt like exactly like Diablo should, like breathing fire, stomping around. Everybody looks great. Uh, everyone plays differently. I even tried Abathur, which is the the most hands off. That's character. like the hard guy yeah, to play. Yeah, he looks really challenging to play. Oh, he is. He is. That's high level stuff. That's that's. It's not even about you. Well, of course, they have team levels, which makes it great. That makes you really care about other people and less about yourself. Because with Abathur, it's not about you. It's about what you can do to empower other people and empower your team. Well, and I think so, that's the thing maybe overall that I'm looking forward to with this game. Because it feels like, sometimes it feels like, I don't like Dota 2. I don't like the visual aspect of it. But sometimes it feels like when I'm playing um, LOL, it's like, you know, someone's going to start cussing at me because they're in the lane that they want. And they want to do it solo, blah, 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 blah. Mid or I fade. With this one, I could totally, I because the matches are shorter and the stakes are are lower, 
and because there's so many objectives, it feels a lot more newcomer friendly. I that feel like if makes me feel mm-hmm. so happy. Yeah, like it feels like if you want, you can be like a you know, you just be a healer, and they'll have. I'll get to the skins in a minute but, because that reminds me. But um, like for example, even something simple, just hanging back and just wait for the tokens, or just collect gold, or just have like little skirmishes over gold, and not even worry about towers or your lane or any of that. I, I totally get that. It sounds great. Maybe just pick a class that's fast. Oh, because they have mounts. So just jump on your mount and just get across the screen like there's gold up here. I'm going to get there as quickly as possible. Oh, there's a token coming up. I'm going to get there as quickly as possible. Capture this token and I'm helping my team. Or I'm going to – there are a lot of mercenaries too. And those mercenaries make a big difference. So that's that's more of the objective. You know, I'm sure mercenaries are in the other MOBAs. But with this one, the, the, the mercenaries feel like another key part of the objective-based gameplay like if I, if I capture this mercenary group, I'm really gonna help my team a lot. So I don't even need to worry about fighting other people as much as. Oh, and because everything's sort of like paralleled, there's enough mercenaries on your side, enough mercenaries on their side that you don't even have to really get into a fight over the first couple ones, but eventually the later ones. And with the team leveling, you're getting stronger if your team is doing a good job, and they're killing, getting lots of kills. You're getting stronger too, and you're helping. Just you're better and able to take those objectives that much faster. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what I like is this team leveling instead of individual leveling because, yeah, it just changes the mentality you go into the game with. And I'm hoping it's for the better because mobile communities can tend to be a little vile. And if you suck, at least you only suck for 20 minutes instead of for 45. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Uh, I played a few characters. I also played Raynor. Raynor had a really cool skin called, like, uh, basically turned, like, put him in Captain America armor, which is pretty nice. We should also mention what MOBA stands for. Um, multiplayer Online Battle Arena. So MOBAs yeah. are like Dota, Dota 2, League of Legends. Cool. Uh, but, uh, oh, yeah, they had some pretty cool attacks. Like Diablo, like I played, uh, oh, they played Lich King, which is pretty cool. And they all have like multiple, like, like uh, they have multiple, you know, mega attacks that you can pick yeah. like with Rainer I picked the uh, uh, the hype his, basically his battle cruiser would come in and sort of like <laughs> some bombard the ground like nice. <laughs> it was pretty cool Diablo what did he do he uh, he summoned people from the depths of, oh he called I don't know what he did I can't remember for the life of me but I remember Arthas would uh, would summon he would summon an army of the dead and they would just rush forward and just death care everything that was one of them. Or the other one you could have chosen is you could call him um, his ice dragon, Sindro- Sindrosa, and sort of. That's right, Sindrosa. Sindragosa. Sindragosa. They who, said who in would, stereo. <laughs> who would freeze everything in front of you? Nice. So yeah, it, it's fun. I, I, people can kept on saying like, why is Blizzard getting into this? Isn't it too late? What are they gonna What are they gonna no, accomplish? Because, but, and I mean, they make a fair point that they were like. This originated in one of our games. Why shouldn't we get into it? But then hey, I think it's funny they Hearthstone. made a very different version of it. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Hearthstone, if you want to break it down, it's just a card game. But they've still put their twist on it, and it's a pretty good card game, and it's accessible to a lot of people. And I, I feel like this is much the same way as this is going to be accessible to a lot of people. It's going to be once they officially launch the Battle.net app, and you're say you're downloading Reaper of Souls... And you're playing Reaper of Souls, and you see right on the bottom, all my friends on Battle.net are playing this little MOBA. And guess what? I can download it right now from this little app that I'm launching World of Warcraft, StarCraft, Diablo 3, Hearthstone from. 
you know, why wouldn't you at least try it? Yeah. I, 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 I think that's the key to discuss it, that Battle.net app. You see your friends playing Hearthstone and it's right underneath your little WoW icon and it just takes two minutes to install it. Give it a shot. So, any other highlights? Um, uh, I've been lazy. I admit it. It takes me a while to recover. From, I'm getting old. It takes me a while to recover from. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it took us a while to recover from extra life too. Oh yeah, and I slept. Anna didn't even make it. <laughs> yeah, in All future right. years I'm splitting. So I'm saying this publicly so people hold me accountable. Okay, so let me see. Uh, the only cool stuff I have coming on is I'm gonna post those podcasts despite the audio. I think I'm just I'm gonna try to. Uh, you gonna do them in the our um, the thing you started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to mess with some iTunes settings to make sure I'm a lot more audible, so quiet. Um, I have a couple interviews with maybe Inside Editions and the USAopoly people. Inside Edition? Inside Editions. Oh, what's that? They did, uh, they're do- they did the Book of Cain. Oh, cool. It was just a quick little two-minute thing. I also talked to the people who did US- who USAopoly, did uh, World of Warcraft Monopoly, StarCraft Risk, and World of Warcraft Trivial Pursuit. Mm-hmm. And I'll... Uh, Talk about those games soon. Uh, what else? Got lots of notes for Reaper of Souls. A little bit of talk about for yeah, I'm good. There's some stuff to talk about. Definitely some merch stuff. It was just, like I said, it was it was a slow year. I was expecting a lot more big merchandise reveals. A lot. I, just, I was expecting more on the on the third party front. Like Mega Blocks was there, but I don't know why. They had, I think their World of Warcraft line of Mega Blocks stuff is sort of floundering. I, I think. All of their stuff is on sale at every Toys R Us you go to, like Ooh, deep discounts. Really? Interesting. Yeah, they did very well. We'll have to look out for those. No, we don't need World of Warcraft toys, Anna. Oh, <laughs> it's like buying more collector's editions. We don't need them. It, it, it was a really weird show. It's like, I, I, usually, like, I remember in years past, it was like this big Blizzard explosion where it's like, oh, look, here's the DC, here's DC, and they're showing off their World of Warcraft action figures, and their StarCraft future stuff in the line, and then, like, here's all the comics we have, and we have the comic book that are here to sign stuff, and this year, it was really just sort of, like, the only extra stuff that was going on on the side was there was a little little booth on the side where USAopoly had a place where you can play Risk or Monopoly or World of Warcraft Trivial Pursuit. Hmm. It was... It was slow. <laughs> to put it mildly. <laughs> it was slow. It really was. I mean, huh. And I think the tone was a little different because I feel like everyone, because they knew they can go home and watch those panels later. <laughs> no. It was just sort of. The panel seemed well attended, most of them, except like the cosplay panel. But It was just, it was very weird show. It was very low key, more low key than the years past. Hmm. So... Any yeah. questions? Any wrap up? Anything? Well, do you else think that's that because they didn't announce like anything for the new StarCraft expansions, or I, I don't know? Even like, if they did, they they set aside no show floor space for anything StarCraft related. StarCraft was not playable on the show floor. Period. That just feels weird. That just feels like a missed opportunity. Like I know there's a starter pack and stuff, but I mean, why wouldn't you throw it out to people who are like obsessed with Blizzard? It's like, hey, you can go home and play this more. They wanted to focus on Heroes of the Storm. Heroes mm-hmm. took all the StarCraft mm-hmm. era of the world. <laughs> okay. Um, well, except yeah, for the, and the goodie the... bag wasn't that impressive either. I mean, have you guys seen this? The Cupid Deadly stuff? No. no. Um, if you look on their main page, it's, in, it's these tiny little 2.5 inch 
uh, super deformed, highly stylized figures, and they're hoping to make a big line out of it. So going forward, they're going to try to sell more of these. Okay. Mm. And that was like the only thing in the goodie bag. I always feel it's so weird to be a Blizzard fan because you you basically pay $175 up front in May, right? Or March. Yeah. And you don't know what's going to be at the show. You don't know if this is going to be good. You don't know if there's going to be anything you care about. And you don't know if the goodie bag is going to actually have anything you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you still pay that money up front. Yeah. yeah. And you book a hotel, many of oh. which are non-refundable. Yep. And then you go there and you go like, oh, this goodie bag kind of – oh, they're so- – the game I really cared about isn't here. <laughs> so it was I think it was good in terms of showing off Reaper of Souls, Heroes of the Storm, and uh and Hearthstone, at least on iPad for me. No one else got the experience. <laughs> but, <laughs> They're coming for you, Manny. Good. It was good. It was okay. It was it was it was an overall it was a pretty decent show. Uh what did you guys think of all the panels? I'm sure you I've been bad. I didn't watch any of the panels this week. I need to. No, I guess um, I only have one more week left to watch it all. So, was there any good? panel any? that really stood out for you, Chris? Did you guys watch the World of Warcraft movie panel? Yeah, yeah. How was that? Um, good, but they basically revealed they didn't nothing say much. we didn't already know. Well, they said it's about orcs and humans and yeah. how the war started. So yeah. we're oh. not going to see a lot of races. So. That reminds and me, we're going to they... see mostly Eastern kingdoms. Yeah. There's something you might care about, Chris. Is that uh? And one of the panels, someone asked uh, asked them if they're going ever going to re-release. Uh, they said yes. Wh- they're oh, sorry, I cut you off. Well, you got to say what it is, though. Go for yeah. it. Yeah, your- there. Someone asked if they were working on an HD version of Warcraft One, Two, and Three, basically, so that they could be played on more modern systems. And they said that it was an internal pet project, and they didn't have anything more they could really say about it because it wasn't a focus. Mm-hmm. But they said like they have a few guys working on it, yeah. and. It'll. They're working on something similar to that in some way, shape, or form. It'll come out in the future. Yeah. So they are basically working on some fashion of HD remake. It's just a matter of. It's not a main project. It's a side project. So you know. I don't even know if necessarily an HD remake, though, because they just recently released a Blackthorn. Remember on uh, on Windows. Yeah, Mm, and just in its raw raw form. Okay. I I think they need a remake because those games don't install now. You can't just re-release it. But. Well, but but with Blackthorn, it's not an HD remake. They just fix it up hmm. and okay. made sure it played on Windows. Yeah, I guess you're okay. right. Sort of like what GOG does. Just make sure it runs. You don't necessarily have to redo the art. So there were two things that Blizzard said about Diablo 3 that kind of annoyed me. All right. So one is they were asked about adding the controller support, and they talked about all this stuff about, oh, we'd have to change the whole game if we brought controller support to the PS to the PC. And I just can't help but think that it's kind of BS. Like, people aren't asking you to have a finely tuned controller support. They just want the controller to be able to be plugged in and work. But then are they are they thinking that if we've put in the controller support, then we have to put in the, the console version's UI? Yeah. That's what Blizzard says. Well, then we have to put in the UI, and then we have to add the dodge, then we have to adjust how many monsters can attack at once. It's like, you know, people aren't asking for you to do all that. They're just asking for you to make the controller work. Yeah, but again, if the controller works, you have to have controller no, support. No, you don't. Well, you just, they think they, that... They, the problem, they, yeah, Chris, Blizzard thinks that. Chris, Yeah. let's face it. Blizzard audience, if you were able to just plug in the controller, that would not be good enough for them. 
No, well, okay. If you're going by the forums, nothing's good enough for them. Right? <laughs> Why but, can't I use my controller in the menus? It's so bad that when I turn on the menu yeah. and try to sort my loot, I have to start using my mouse. And then I have to put down my mouse when I go back and go into the thing. <laughs> we told you. This is all we can do. Deal with it. But yeah. instead, their answer is no. We don't, we don't want to deal with your other complaints, I mean, I so think, no. Yeah, I mean, the thing, I don't like that. the thing for them is either they're going to do it right or they're not going to do it at all. And their option that they've taken is they're not going to do it at all. Do I think that's a little crappy? Yeah, but at the same time, being a community manager myself, I know exactly why they've chosen to do it. That I way. think they chose wrong. But then there's the that's other fine. one. It's the same amount of BS. They can't do offline for Diablo three because we want to encourage you to play with your friends, and we design this as a multiplayer yeah, game, which is crap. so BS because they have an offline mode on the PS three, and people like playing that version. And we know they're full of crap when they say that. Yeah, that really really bugs me that they don't have a better answer for that. Um, so that annoyed me. Do you I want asked about a real an offline answer mode. for that, or do you want PR, better PR speak? Well, it's a DRM, I asked the same right? question in the, in the Q&A about Hearthstone, because now that Hearthstone's coming to iPhone and iPads, I feel like when you're traveling and out and about, you're not always going to have a stable internet connection. You always want to use your cellular. Mm-hmm. And the best thing they said is, we heard that from a lot of people, and it's uh, something we're definitely going to have to look at in the future. And we're gonna, But for now, it was like a maybe we will, maybe we won't answer. More likely they won't. Yeah, what was the other one that was just like that? Um, gosh, some other BS answer that they were giving about how um, this is because we want you to play with other people. Was it Diablo 3? Or was it... Oh, man, I'm sorry. You want to, You don't want to listen to me ramble through my memory. Hey, <laughs> as, long as, as long as Warcraft 1, 2, and 3 aren't... <laughs> online aren't required. Online yeah. <laughs> I would love to see their excuses for implementing in like twenty-year-old games. Why twenty-year-old games have to be online only? <sighs> I don't know. It's just the whole Diablo three, um, the new face of him, like the dude who's doing uh, what was the old guy's name? I don't know. Whatever the the guy they had up there on the panel talking about everything, and it was like clear he's like the dude in charge. I hate yeah, him. Yeah, he's a new guy. Yeah, you hate him. Oh, I I every word he said sounded like fake PR speak. I didn't like his false enthusiasm. I didn't like his answers. I didn't like how he treated us kind of semi-patronizingly. Like, I, I just didn't like him. I he d- was like a slick used car salesman that we'd seen through the veneer. And like but Jay she- Wilson was more authentic than this guy, even though I didn't like Jay Wilson's design decisions, you know? So, uh Right. Sorry, go ahead, man. I don't know what to say to you, man. I don't know what to say to you. So it's like, yeah, this guy might be making better design choices, but I don't like how he presents the game and presents answers. It just it just reminded me that these are just people making these games, and they, <laughs> they aren't some sort of special gaming design, game design gods. They're like, here's the people who work at Blizzard now, and you know they they try their best and eh, whatever. But do you think it, do you think that one guy would have had the power to remove the Auckland House anyway, or is that stuff that's coming from above him? I, I, I have mean, no that's House, such I mean, a hard thing only. to really parse who made that decision i don't know if it matters what was that yeah and that was the other thing it was around the stupid auction house um but i mean i'm just saying but even if those two if you even put a third guy in there would that third guy have the power to say you know what offline only let's do it i mean offline mode let's do it or is that just really like a corporate mandate or activision blizzard mandate who I, I don't know. That's a good question. This um, game is going to be pirated. I don't want. I don't want hackers. 
just keep it online. We can keep close. Oh, that was the other thing. Like, um, we feel that trading is an important part of the game, but we really feel like um, the the core experience for Diablo three is you finding loot and and you finding your own loot. And it's like, well, um, hello. What about all those people who played Diablo two and traded and and liked? You know, maybe the trading system was kind of crap, but we actually liked finding rare drops and being like, oh, I found something, now I can go get something really cool for my character with it. And kind of playing that with economy in mind rather than just, uh, I don't That's know. That's not it's the just, core experience of what Diablo 3 exactly. Diablo and it 3 just really irritates me when someone tells me what the core fun part of a game I enjoyed for years is. It's like, don't, don't you tell me what was fun. I know what was fun. And it, when you say something like that and it contradicts with, What's in my head that that comes off as really disingenuine? I don't know. Disingenuous. Whatever doesn't matter. Okay. We should probably second. move on. That was a <laughs> lot of BlizzCon stuff, and people are probably tuning out. Like <laughs> so much BlizzCon. Um, this is Chris's fault. I would have fell fallen asleep just as. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. you did ask, Chris. I did. Uh, what what else did we have? Um. Oh yeah, the PS4 came out. Yay! We have a PS4. Yeah, we got one. So pick got that arrived yesterday, but unfortunately, all I can tell you about because PSN was kind of not working that great um, was Knack because that's all we really played. Knack is Ooh, awesome. For... It's hard what? though. Hmm. I hear Knack is like the worst game of the of the really? PS4 launch. We kind of like it. Uh, Terrible I just, reviews. I I don't know what they've been playing, but it's actually a platform that's not easy mode. And you have to actually think while you're playing it. So it feels... It's it's like a platformer with Dark Souls elements, which is kind of weird. I don't know. Everything I've seen, heard about it, just sounds like absolute junk. Mm. But please tell me why it's awesome for you guys. It's not awesome. It's good. I wouldn't say it's awesome. Um, Are you worth buying a PS4 for? By no. itself? No, oh, absolutely God, no. not. It's not a system no. seller by any stretch. There's no game out that's worth buying a PS4 for yet. <laughs> you know that. There's no game out worth buying an Xbox One for yet. But, like, well, maybe Forza if you're really into driving games. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was hoping to play Need for Speed, but that didn't arrive. Um, Wait, so you guys aren't going to get Killzone? No. Oh, good, because that's just... <sighs> sounds garbage. Really? Oh, it's so bad. It looked, I, you know, I was interested in, because it looked pretty in a lot of the demos, but then I was watching Giant Bomb play it, and I realized I wouldn't really have fun playing this game, so I'm not going to get it. Um, and I felt the same way about Call of Duty Ghosts. So. You should read the scathing review from Arthur Geese on a Polygon. I, Arthur Geese, I don't really like his uh, reviews very much. Maybe, but, but if if the, you can say one thing, the guy knows his shooters, yeah? at the very least. Okay. Yes, he's well, one of those people at. who talks about like controller latency when it comes to shoot certain shooters and why some shooters feel bad because the latency is higher on this one versus that one. I, I just don't care about shooters that much, so I don't know. Um, and so it's hard for me to be on board for a shooter to begin with, and then I look at these two shooters and it's like, eh, not interested. So we're skipping that. The three games we got, Manny. <laughs> How's this for a next-gen launch? Knack, Skylanders Swap Force, and Need for Speed Rivals. So... Unfortunately, Need for Speed Rival apparently has some sort of serious supply issues, and Amazon wasn't able to ship my order on time, so I don't know when I'm getting it. I went to every store nearby me. They were all sold out of it, so I don't know when I get to play Need for Speed Rivals. Man, why are we even talking about the PS4? We all know the most important news that happened this week was iPad Mini secretly came out, and Batkid <laughs> ruled San Francisco. Let's say what? You don't know about Bat-Kid? No. Oh, that was so awesome. A young kid, like, basically San Francisco shut down 
for this young kid who, who's a you know the Make a Wish Foundation for yeah. really sick children who may or may not die in the near future. Right. Uh, basically, this kid's dream was to be Batman, and the Make a Wish Foundation teamed up with the San Francisco Police Department, and they basically set up the city for a big Batman adventure for the young guy. And there's a bunch of pictures of him like strutting around the city, his little bat kid, like stopping the Joker and saving people from the from train tracks. And oh trolls. my gosh, that's so awesome! Yeah, I hadn't heard about that. Yeah, yeah. everyone was good. Yeah, he he like um, he rescued a girl. And then he got rushed off in a Batmobile <laughs> and he stopped a robbery in progress. And then he, they like put up the bat signal for him. <gasps> so he got to meet like the commissioner of police and they did a couple other things. And then he got like the key to the city and he got to meet the mayor. And yeah, it was like phenomenally amazing. See, that kid knows how to make a wish when it comes to Wake a Wish Foundation. <laughs> he didn't say, I want to meet the I don't want to meet Dora the Explorer. No, this kid said, I want to be Batman. Yeah. <laughs> you just see a little picture of him strutting down the street. Yeah. There was like a big parade for was him. Was Christian Bale involved at all? No. <laughs> well, good for you. You're Batman. All right. Actually, because I, 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 the reason I asked that is because apparently he's involved in those sorts of make a wish things and. Uh, it makes stuff. my wish look positively boring. What was your wish? Disney World. No, I went to um, I went and had a weekend falconry course somewhere on the south coast of England. I can't Dude, quite remember whoa. where exactly. You're so pretty. You amazing. became a real life hunter. You tamed a pet. That's awesome. It's true. I did. There's still a picture of me with one of the owls there. I'd have to, I'll have to do, try and dig it out of storage actually. Like, but yes, it wasn't. Why would you do falconry with an owl? He's such he's so posh and British. Because you can. That's so. But like evil posh British, come Falcon, let us hunt. Let us hunt. <laughs> I still <laughs> have the, the Falcon. It protects me to this day. That'd be awesome. Were you hunting humans, Quinn? Humans, dude. You hunted people. What? No. Oh. With his Falcon. Totally see that. My wish is I want to reenact the events of the most dangerous game. Oh, sorry, literary reference. All right, so <laughs> we got a PS4. <laughs> Yes. Man, who cares? Okay. Well, <laughs> so, we streamed. It was very easy to stream on Twitch with the PS4. Yeah, see, the only problem is, is now that we're recognized as a PS4, we got hit by that roaming band. Yeah. That, like, three people just came into our channel and started started, talking about, let's not say what they were talking about, they very were gross things. They were impolite. Yes. <laughs> so we had to ban them all. Wait, roaming band? Yeah, it was yeah, like so they came like, in as a pack. Yeah, so it was like these five people that just descended upon the channel and all started basically mouthing off. Back when lots of people used IRC, people did the same thing. Like, yeah. oh, let's go target the RP Gamer folks, because... Because... <laughs> <laughs> hey, and it was Lucy in charge of that pack. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how times have changed. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it seems like for this whole year, there's not going to be any big PS4 games. Mm. Or like games that make you Well, really what are the like reviews net? for Rivals like? Need I for Speed Rivals, the reviews nice. are phenomenal for it. That's but it's not exclusive. It's of, so. That's probably why no one has it. Well, no, I'm just saying, but like if you chose like a, P, a 360 over a PS4, or even just got the PC version, you'd be just as fine, right? With most of these multiplayer games? Yeah. Mm. No, you're right. You're right. Um, hmm. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair. Uh, I, all I can tell you is we, we enjoyed it so far. We played with the music playing and stuff, and so it was cool that 
I started streaming a Katy Perry album for Anna. Not Yay. for me. It was just for Anna. I don't <laughs> like that music. He needs to strongly justify oh. why he was playing Chris, Katy you don't want to let the fireworks out? No, I don't want to let the fireworks out. And then we went into the game, and Anna's like, oh, the game isn't loaded yet because our music's still playing. And then I point to her, like, no, that's the title screen, Anna. Like, oh! <laughs> so that was cool. <laughs> it's like, welcome to the next generation, Anna. <laughs> this is what we do now. <laughs> Um, and beyond that, I, I don't know, I haven't had a chance to play with it too much. We're going to be streaming more today, and so you can see us play our PS4s. Um, Knack is good enough to keep playing, so I think we're going to go right through it, maybe yeah. trade it in, and I don't know what we'll put it towards, but I mean, I think so for far, us, so good. the big thing is that we can play it co-op. Yeah, the co-op's cool. It, it works, and it makes a game a lot easier, because that game's hard. So what happens is, is he plays this Knack, and then I jump in... And I'm like a, a like a metal doppelganger. So if I die, I just respawn in a couple of seconds. And um, so I go forward and set off all sorts of traps and stuff like that. Yeah, it's very useful to have you around. Too, uh... Do you think you guys are having more fun because you guys are playing Nicole? Yes. Yeah. Of course. And I mean, here's the other thing is... is Except there is... that she makes it... Sometimes Anna makes it harder to play because she sets things off poorly. That I shouldn't. Yeah. But other but, than um, that... One of the things that it has is there's a companion app that goes with it. It's like an, uh, it's an iOS puzzle game. It's like a match three. And as you play it, you unlock things that are then buffs in the game. In the, the PS4 game, yeah. So there are crystals, and then there are relics. The, these are things that you can find in-game, but they're they're very sparingly doled out. And so I've got, like, a major advantage over other people playing because Anna's been playing this Match 3 game and earning all these relics to power up my character in the actual game. It's, For example, one of the things that we've done is I got all of the crystals we needed to make our punch the most Choice powerful. Choice strong, yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. This is cool. So um, it's weird that you guys might be actually having a very different experience than the reviewers had playing yes. it in co-op and having like improved defense. I mean, uh, abilities and all that stuff off the, yes. right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I don't know why you would um not play in co-op if you have the option, but um, it, I'm telling you, it is a different style of platformer than I'm used to. To have it be this character platformer that's kind of this mascotty sort of thing, and yet be so brutally demanding. <laughs> At the same time. So if nothing else, it's worth a rent just to see how that worked out. Um, at best, though, I think this is a three and a half out of five game. This is this is no five out of five or anything Yeah, like no. That. I so mean, don't it's let not us a overstate great game. It. It's just we like it I th- in large part because of the way we're playing it. So if you have someone to play it with, I think Knack is a better game than if you're playing it by yourself. Is it a full 60? Uh, sure is. And yeah, so if you're just looking for one of those, is it justified for the cost? Uh, probably no, not. No, no, no. I mean, we, we got... did the buy two get one yeah. from Amazon, so that helps. But yeah, and I mean, was that I the think... Black Friday bundle? No, it was not the Black Friday bundle. <laughs> Black Friday bundle. We watched that episode of South Park last night, though. That the, that's like I the best episode that. in a long time. Yeah, yeah that's really why we're good. watching. Like, it. I don't normally like South Park. It's like the only South Park episode that I've liked is Make Love Not Warcraft. Oh yeah, when they when 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 South Park does video games, they're on point. They are super good. It's pretty good. So if anyone doesn't know, and this was in my news story, Ryan, to to remind us, um, South Park did a parody of the console wars, um, in, including phrases just like you'd hear on NeoGaff.com, uh, combined with the backdrop style of uh, Game of Thrones. So. <laughs> 
You can oh, go. and if, maybe you might have noticed, but they're actually wearing their outfits from South Park Stick of Truth. Yes, they are. Yeah, it's yes. all the Stick of Truth outfits. So I thought that oh, was Oh, and they too. even had a little dig at Obsidian for not finishing the game. Yes. Did they? Yes. Yeah, everybody really said, what do peers get you but nothing but empty promises from <laughs> a bunch of like, lazy damn who's still making the game in California. <laughs> So that was, okay, I didn't realize it was a dig at Obsidian. Well, and it was sense. funny because it was like, there were two or three quotes out of there that me and Chris sort of looked at each other. It's like, wow, it's NeoGAF. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I thought the Obsidian <laughs> thing was the best part. Because they're literally, they're wearing their stick of truth out of it and they're like saying like, a, like why would they say a bunch of lazy devs in California? Who could that possibly be? I wonder. Good point. Good point. <laughs> I thought it was cute. That's nice. Um... All right, let's see. Uh, um, John, what have you been playing? John? Uh, John, what have you been playing? Hello? Hello. Hello. Oh, his Skype stuttered. I'm pretty sure my Skype's still working. Yeah, it's working now. Go for it. We can hear you. Okay, for some reason. Yeah, it stuttered. Okay. It does that. It's Skype. Microsoft owns it now. Yeah, it's... Well, it, not only that, but it's Skype on Windows 8. I have Windows 8 now. Yeah, I have Windows 8 one. Yeah, me too. I thought, eh, I'm upgrading my system. Might as well upgrade the operating system. all the system. way, yeah. Yeah. I did it at the last minute as well. Um, <laughs> I, the guy sitting next to me at work pointed out, because it completely blocked, um, sort of gone from my mind, that when I built my original uh, computer, which David is now using to play Puzzle Quest. You know? <laughs> That's a fairly powerful machine. And yeah, David's currently using it to play Puzzle Quest and watch Twitch. Um, but um, I forgot that I installed an OEM version of Windows. Ooh. And I have replaced the motherboard. Ooh. So, yeah. So I had to, I, I realized sort of with about uh, it was about four hours before I left work to go home to build my new PC that the operating system just wouldn't work. No, yeah. And actually, one of the first things I did um, after I finished the construction uh, was Wait, to... OEM of Windows 7? Yeah, no, no. I hadn't, yeah, OEM Windows 7 is that what I had installed on my machine. I thought it was Windows 8 that they made the OEM no longer transferable at all. Yeah, well, to, well it, to be honest, it didn't matter in the end anyway, because oh, okay. I, I turned my new machine on after I transplanted the hard drives, and I got stuck in a repeating blue screen loop. So <laughs> I, I, I figured that basically, regardless of what was going to happen, I was going to have to reinstall Windows. And Fair yeah, enough. just I just got a new copy of Windows 8. And if I've, I've considering how much I had spent on the machine already, it wasn't that much more really. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. So no, just, instead of regaling us with tales of your new start button, um, yeah, you've been playing on it. <laughs> um, well, no, I've just come off a session of XCOM Enemy Within, the expansion pack to XCOM Enemy Unknown. Ooh. Now that's a fun game. Ooh, that's the one I need to get. Is that out for everything now? Yeah. Uh, well, it's out for PC at least. Is it full price? No, it's uh, 17, 18 quid. It's a Firaxis expansion like uh, Dawn of the New World was, or Brave New World was for Civ Five. Yeah, it's basically okay. like a cheap game of the year edition on consoles. 30 bucks in the US on PC. It requires Ouch. enemy unlo- unknown, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. I thought it was oh, all yeah, bundled. This is this is a Firaxis expansion. Yeah, you know it's bundled those... on consoles. 
Uh, but you don't want to play that. It's old gen. It's one of those expansions where, you know, they, they basically take the original game and then sort of add a lot of, like, new elements to so it. So then and I they... should have bought the PC version on Steam sale. Oh, man. Yeah, because Steam will never do another sale again, huh? Yeah, I know. All right, so Rock I should just Friday. wait for this to be on sale. All right. Rock Friday. Yeah, I couldn't wait. <laughs> But no, I mean, it introduces a bunch of um, sort of new stuff. I mean, you've, you know, did you finish the original? I didn't even play it, because by the time really? I was really ready to, people were like, you should just wait and play Enemy with it. Oh. <laughs> well, basically what it does is, um, I, what I was personally worried about, I didn't read, read up much on it uh, sort of before, before it came out. Um, so I, I sort of went into it not really quite knowing what to expect from it. I was kind of just working on the assumption that what they would probably do is introduce new stuff quite slowly and perhaps not until you got, uh, got later into the game. You know, like, say, after the alien base mission, which will mean more after you've played it. Um, but no, I mean, they, they pretty much introduce it, like, straight as a, as a tutorial, like, right at the start of the game, which allows you to um, uh, take advantage of the two new soldier types, which includes a character class. Um, and all of these this shiny new stuff that encourages you to play a lot more aggressively. Cool. Um, so basically, there's this new um, there's this new resource that you can gather called Meld, um, and it appears in uh, containers which are similar to um, uh, how bombs appeared in certain uh, certain missions in the regular game. Um, in that they they count down from when you deploy on the mission, you basically have to move one of your soldiers next to them to activate them. Um, if they count down, uh, the resource inside it is uh, lock is lost. Um, but if you obtain them, then you get some some of this meld stuff. And what you then do with that is you can either uh, <laughs> you can either have uh, replace your um, soldiers' uh, arms and legs with uh, mechanized. Uh, arms and legs, which allows them to interface with giant mech suits, which are hella fun. Or you can... Sorry, I just got je- uh, glared at for using the phrase hella fun on a podcast. Um, or you can uh, do these things called gene mods, where after you've done successful autopsies, you can start modifying your... like genetically modifying your troops to have additional abilities. Uh, the two are ex- the two are mutually exclusive, though you can't uh, you can't G mod a mech soldier or vice versa. Um, you can't no, mechify of- a gene mod. No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, the best part about me- the best part about mechifying someone is if you go for the the uh, kinetic fist upgrade thing, because um, that does uh, well after you've upgraded it once, it does eighteen damage in melee range. Uh, and it allows you to just basically punch aliens through walls. It, it's amazing. It really is. Otherwise, same old XCOM enemy unknown, but with newer, shinier stuff. Like, um, also uh, more more types of council missions, an enemy human faction, uh, and a bunch of other stuff. So yeah, if if you've got XCOM enemy unknown, I'd recommend it. So I have a copy of XCOM Enemy Unknown 
that I got for free on PS Plus, and I got one that I got a while back on Xbox. So the question is, do I upgrade one of those, or can you not you upgrade You can't upgrade it? them. So you can't upgrade the console version. You can only upgrade the PC version, but there's no fully bundled PC version. But there is a fully bundled console version. Oh, this is great. This is <laughs> what a great situation. Thank you for access. I'm waiting for a sale. What are you talking about, though? It, it, it's the same. The bundled version is the exact same price. No, it's forty bucks for the bundled version on console. It's thirty bucks for the upgraded version on PC. I don't even no, know. They, they don't say upgraded because it's just an expansion. Oh, it's just a thirty dollar expansion. That's like a full on expansion pack, man. That's like major upgrade stuff. It is though for the game. Yeah, so it's like that's upgraded, man. That's big. No, but you say upgrade as if like uh, it's an expansion pack. It it is. I'm confused. All right, so it, it's better, it's way better, and that's no, what I, mean, I want. Because the way you made it sounds like it's like it's the upgraded version. It's just like you're buying the same sort of like Deus Ex uh, director's cut. You're buying oh, no, the upgraded no, version no, again, no, no. or it's, you can pay like five bucks to upgrade. I just. I just want, like, a PC bundle or something. I don't know. It's a Black Friday. It'll be all good. Or, like, a console upgrade. It's just, like... I know. Basically, everything's, like, the opposite of what I need it to be, and I'm just complaining. So I'll move on. I'm sorry. Um, Minor. I know. Uh, John, did you play anything else? Uh, Let's see. Other stuff. Uh, Okay, yeah. The other stuff I've... The other one I've played, I haven't really played that much. Uh, and I'm really still not quite sure to think about it. But since I'm, I think, one of the very few people in the world that still likes the X series, um, I kind of pretty much had to get into X Rebirth, sort of just as a kind of sort of misguided um, attempt to. So, how's uh, that one work? Is that a fan made thing? Or? No, X Rebirth is basically a, a, um, a distant sequel to the previous game, uh, which is called X3 Albion Prelude. Uh, that EgoSoft was working on after quite a while. And, again, I'm, I haven't really had much of an opportunity to play it because it's quite a radical departure from the other games in the series, it, with the possible exception of the first. And uh, the reason why I say that is um, the original Xbox uh, X Beyond the Frontier, which, God, is a really old game now, um, it locked your... Um, you only had one spacecraft choice, which was the one you started the game in. So all of your exploration, trading and stuff had to be done through uh, that one ship. Um, later games in the series, even it, uh, X Beyond the Frontier's own expansion pack, so Extension, X2 The Threat, and the X3 series, all allowed you to basically own multiple ships and could switch between them at will, up to and including uh, capital ships. Um, X Rebirth, which is a kind of distant, it's set quite a long time after the, a long time after X3, goes back to the uh, one ship concept from the original game. Um, and, uh, oh, have I, uh, have I hopped offline again? No. Okay, sorry, I no, was no. just hearing sounds down my line that thought Skype had hopped off. But no, uh, basically what I'm, um, the game's not uh, amazingly well optimized yet either. Um, I mean, I think the only reason I'm getting decent, like a fairly decent play experience out of it, is I have a very expensive computer. Um, and I, but I have seen some complaints directed at EgoSoft that the game is uh, chugging frame rates on on lesser machines, um, and the gameplay is a little bit finicky. 
swole. That'll show people for spending less than $1,000 on a video card. <laughs> well, I'm sure the game has faults. Um, I just haven't played enough of it yet. I really need to play some more of it, and perhaps I can sort of get to the bottom of it. So, um, yeah, did I play much else? Uh, a bit more World of Warcraft. Um, and yeah, they're mostly just testing out um, other PC games, just just see how well they ran, mostly. And I think that's about it. Okay. Cool. Um, sorry, my cat has taken a <laughs> nest up on my neck. Um, let's see. So X, this is I've always heard good things about the X Games, John, and I'm wondering, is this game good worth things. buying? Who are you listening to? Uh, no. I'm <laughs> well, confused. The, the, it's a like a beloved. Often... It's a beloved PC franchise, isn't it? Well, Storied yeah, amongst diehard amongst amongst diehard yeah. fans of. Yeah. Um, I, actually, I can't remember what... I think Egosoft are German. I've only heard um, good things about like, X, X1, X2, X3. Like These were like always talked about in the magazines I used to get and stuff, and I never had time to get into them. You read the magazines? I did read magazines. Uh... You know, I remember I remember when um, X Beyond the Frontier ended up in one of the magazine, PC magazines that I used to read back in the day. It got a review score of 37%. What? Okay, whatever. <laughs> is this good or not? Should I buy it? That's all I want to know. I don't know. What I would do is I wouldn't recommend buying it until I've at least had an opportunity to play it some more. All right. You keep vetting it for me then. Before Cause... I spend 50 bucks or 65 on the collector's edition, which comes with the soundtrack, the other soundtrack, and the space opera per music ad Albion video. I don't know what that means. Yeah. I think um, the X-Series, uh, outside of its... They have it has a very dedicated fan base. So I'll definitely give it that. But outside of its kind of dedicated um, spaceship simulation or the, the the kind of people that it's that's orientated towards, um, it can be a very difficult game to get into. And that's in, that's just generally towards the entire series. I mean, X three is it is bordering on Eve Online levels of menus at times. <laughs> but that's okay. Chris but, plays Eve Online. He's fine with that. No, I know. But it, it's kind of like, well, I suppose you you would kind of have to expect expect a number of um, menus if you're trying to manage a fleet of like sixty ships, which Chris? is not necessarily something that easy yeah. as you do. We can hear the cat purring. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I I think I need to play it some more, really, because they have they've changed how the universe is organized as well, and it's it's a disconcerting change because it's the first time they've changed that formula since the first game came out. In the first game, um, space sectors were organized in a kind of grid pattern, um, with uh, the gate and the gates between them were organized in a very kind of sort of broadly geometrical pattern that was easy to understand. There was north gates, there were south gates, there were east gates, and there were west gates. Um, in Rebirth, they've sort of changed... The the whole idea is that the gate network has collapsed, so they've completely changed how you get a, get around the universe, and I'm still trying to get used to that. It involves space highways, though. Are they information space highways? No, no, they're actual, like... Um, projected like tube fields that make that feel like that scene that um back to the future 2 starts on oh cool 
So you're oh, like there's... traveling in a lane with a bunch of other flying spacecraft. Where are my flying cars? And there's... Yeah, except it's not flying cars. It's it's spacecraft. Space, space machines. They're a version of flying cars. All right, Manny, did you play yeah. anything this week or did you just get tired? I think he fell asleep. <laughs> did he fall asleep? Manny! <laughs> He's busy posting those pictures of Bat Kid. They're awesome. <laughs> All right, what else we got? Uh, let's uh, let's hop into feedback. What, was that? what about Bat Kid? I said you're busy posting pictures of Bat Kid. Oh yeah, that was cool. Did you see him? Yes. Are here on the San Francisco Chronicle. Did you did you play anything else this week? Who me? Yeah. No, I'm good. Okay, you're just tired. Okay. First first feedback from Seraphim Kitten. Uh, as to the question of the week about archers in video games, I find... I forgot that this was a question of the week. I find that quality archers with good backstories are lacking in most video games. Most protagonists use swords, which has gotten a bit boring, but even side characters don't seem to favor bows. Here are a few that come to mind, though, as being positive experiences. Marcel from Jean d'Arc is a bit adorable with his speech impediment, but he's not much of a badass. Warcraft 3 has solid archers in it. Tyranda is a strong ruler in addition to being an archer, ordering the humans and orcs to be killed while quipping that she doesn't have the luxury of sleeping through the hard times. Ouch. Burn for her husband. Bonus, she was always riding her pet kitten, Ashala. Sylvanas, back before her World of Warcraft days, was both sympathetic and tortured while feathering demons and zombies with arrows. Chandris, though, wins out for being in all the important battles while dressed in her teal, pale paw cloak, Showing her cute and fuzzy spirit. I don't know who Chandris is, but okay. Do you know who Chandris is, Anna? Um, Someone's digging into the Warcraft. I know the name, <laughs> and I don't know why. Okay. Wait, isn't the Demon Chandris Hunter? Chandris Feathermoon. Okay. Oh, okay. You got it. Whatever. <laughs> I'll say, isn't the Demon Hunter a badass archer? Yeah. yeah. You're right. Illidan counts. Um, no, not Illidan. Who's the Demon Hunter? Is it Illidan? He uses demon two blades. No, no, the demon hunter in Diablo three. Yes, but that's they don't have a name. They're not a character, right? They're your character. Yeah, They're your character. Yeah, They're a Nephilim. That. Whatever. All she right. has a name in the Heroes Heroes of the Storm. Her name is Avala. Okay. Let's see. Let's um, see. I, I'm just seeing the rest of this. this okay. Video. Okay. From Nostalgia, Nestalgia. I like that name. It says this question's for John. It relates to his knowledge of the Japanese language. I've extrapolated from various episodes of the show that I have been an active listener of, about the last 20 or so, that John is fluent in both Japanese reading, writing, and speaking. I was wondering, how did you do this? I'm currently trying to learn Japanese, and I would rate my levels at about 75% to the JLPTN5 level, so not very much. Although I do know about 240 kanji and have access to Japanese-speaking colleagues at my college, so immersion is not much of an issue. I just wish to find out how he accomplished something on such a tight schedule as it seems that he must have had as a fully functioning member of society. I'm currently trying <laughs> I'm currently trying Mango Languages and Genki. Any help would be appreciated. I quite admire your ability to read and understand the language so well. If it doesn't... Oh, yeah. So, John, how'd you do it? Um... Somewhat kind of feel like my abilities here may have been sort of overstated a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. inflated? A little bit. A yeah. Little bit. <laughs> yeah. Fluent? Hell no. Reading? Eh, I'm okay on. Writing? My handwriting sucks, and that pretty much goes regardless of language. But my Japanese handwriting isn't great. Um, and speaking, uh, just please don't expect me to hold a conversation. I'm not very good at it. Um... 
I am also I am only up to JLPTN five as well, and I passed that what two years ago, and that was okay. after I'd technically been studying or at least been involved with the language for ooh, about seven years or so. Um, I mean, I first started picking up my first inklings of Japanese when I was about fifteen, and I mostly did that with a friend of mine at school, who is now J- uh, JLPTN one. Um, and does Japanese translations for a living. Um, I went, obviously, I went and lived out in Japan when I was 18, which is still quite a long time ago. Uh, And while I was there, I was on a mail order, or it was like, it felt like a kind of mail-in Japanese language program that was instituted by the people who I was uh, out in Japan with, where they sent me out workbooks, and I had to fill them in, and when I sent them off, they'd mark them. And if I'd done well enough, they would then s- send my marked book back along with the next one in the series, which I was then have to fill out. Um, and due to various complications on how my stay in Japan went, um, it, sort of moving host families and stuff like that, um, I actually didn't get as much of that done as I'd have liked to have done while I was out there. Um, when I came back and I got a full-time job for a while... Um, I did uh, a, enroll in a night course at my local college. Uh, and that was, I think, once a week. Might have been twice a week. And that was with a native Japanese person, just pick up some more Japanese and stuff. Um, and after I went to university, I, start, I did pick a like an evening uh, course that was offered by the university while I was still in my first year and that I actually had free time. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, my Jap- I have not taken any uh, like sort of formalized lessons in Japanese uh, at all, really, since my first year of university, which is about six years ago now. So most of what I learn these days comes from uh, what I can translate for myself, either online. I have a lot of resources that I use outside of stuff like just simple stuff like Google Translate. It's actually a really a really handy um, ability to have is um, it is still possible to use Google Translate for a complicated uh, language like Japanese. Um, what you need is a little bit of language knowledge to basically correct the bollocks that Google Translate comes up with. <laughs> Sometimes I would say bollocks. I would say aside from the re- from the writing and the and the reading part, I think Japanese has a very simple sentence structure that once you get your head around. Yeah, and most pretty, I say most most of my gaps these days, I think, are mostly just vocabulary. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think like Mandarin is one of those languages that you need to really have someone else there to speak with, because otherwise you're never going to get those tones down right. But I feel like uh, with Japanese, it's not if you really dedicated, it's not that impossible because a lot of it's just it's it's so monosyllab- monosyllabic that it really is just pronounce everything. And once you know, like the I is pronounced E, and then you just go. And you, ka, ta, but you sort of just bring it. You can, I think you can force yourself to learn if you really want to. Yeah, I mean, learning. Yeah, learning the phonetic structure of Japanese wasn't that difficult. Um, I mean, I know the you know learning the alphabet just means I can pronounce everything right, even when I do it wrong. I recognize that I have pronounced Carmen uh, Rider wrong on basically every time I've mentioned it on this <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, hey, some things that's just, that's just how Westerners do it, right? Yeah, leave it alone. Yeah, and there's and there's just you know it's 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 actually it's one of those like sort of um, 
It's one of those vocal things which I haven't been able to train myself out of. Um, so yeah, uh, that's basically how I managed it. You know what Japanese really takes? I mean, people think that if you just watch enough anime, you're going to get it or whatever. Or you read enough manga. I mean, if it's, if you just treat it like a serious, a serious study, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think basically. Well, do you have any, do you have any tools that he should use? As someone who did learn an Eastern language, I would say this: just maybe, if even if you're not, if you don't have a college, go get just get a college workbook and work through it. Well, that's what Genki yeah. is, right? Yeah, uh, workbooks and stuff like that, particularly ones that teach um, uh, hiragana and katakana, are always useful. Make sure you get the language stuff. Make I mean, flashcards. Yeah, make uh, flashcards were really useful for me actually. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't see. The way I see it is I don't usually see my vast collection of imports as a means of learning Japanese outside of, um, like, uh, slightly more obscure vocabulary words. Um, I just see it as a means of maintaining what I already know. Okay. Like, if I actually want to learn new things, then, yeah, I'll go and read books about it. But as, as from what from my personal sort of – or how I personally feel about it um, – Playing Japanese games is mostly just a means of sort of maintaining familiarity with the language and just learning maybe a couple of more obscure things. But it's not going to teach me anything groundbreaking with regards to grammar rules or anything like that. Except possibly, I don't know, bizarre historical accents. You're not going to pick up a Hyogo accent? A what accent? Hyogo. No. But so yeah. So what should, what should 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 people avoid things like Rosetta Stone then? Or I mean, I don't know well, where can where do you, you start? To. You know, I, you know I what know. it is. I I feel like sometimes I think Japanese is one of these pitfall languages nowadays because of its uh its subculture popularity, where sometimes it's hard. Like even like in universities, I find that like the classes are filled, are just like like if you take like a Spanish class or a German class, there's like a lot of serious people like I want to learn German for blah 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 because I'm going to be a prof- blah blah blah. But in but in Japanese and a lot of college classes nowadays, even if the professors are serious, a lot of the the, the side classes, you know, because you only spend so much time with your professor and then you go to your TAs and then you spend most of your time with them five days a week, and those classes are filled to the brim with people who are there learning because a they want to hit pick up on Japanese girls, c they want. They, they're so sick of pain. Imp, um, they're waiting. They're sick of waiting for their favorite manga or video games to get translated over. Or B, they want to better understand their anime. So I feel like there's a lot of pitfalls, and that maybe you you end up learning, maybe bad Japanese, or you. Well, you this, 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 yeah, this is what I was saying when I say that, um, like the, the the stuff that I import really just. Um, it only kind of helps me maintain familiarity with the language because they use the same or mostly use the same grammar rules that I come to expect. Um, I, I don't think like um, phrases or vocabularies that are to do with, I don't know, piloting space battleships are exceptionally useful for real life conversation, if you know what I mean. Or like watching like the latest Panny anime or whatever, or about fighting pirates. Or whatever, yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel like at, at the same time, is, that, is there a up. chapter for Panty anime in the in the Genki books? Well, I bring this up though because like I'm, I'm being serious though. I, like I think you should learn a really formal 
foundational Japanese before you go off into all the side stuff, before you go off and try to learn phrases and the pop culture and how people and how English is meshed in there and all this stuff. You know what I mean? Just learn a good, solid foundation for a lot of these languages before you jump into so much into the pop culture. Manny? Yes. Pantsu. Pantsu. <laughs> And John, we've also decided that you don't leave a relatively normal social life. You uh, dress up as Batman and go around the city with your tame owl. (laughs) Damn it! My secret is out! It is. Crap. All right, so there you go, Uh, Nostalgia. I don't think that was useful to you at all. I guess just keep doing what you're doing. From his perspective, I think he is doing the right thing. Yeah. Like, he's picking up workbooks and stuff. Yeah. He's learning a real formal Japanese. He's learning the foundations and the rules, and that means if he's he's learning the like he knows how to if he goes into a Japanese business, he deals with businessmen like just normal average Japanese people. He'll be much better off than if he learned all of his stuff from like from Mobile Suit Gundam or whatever One Piece anime is out there or manga. And then you go try to talk to normal Japanese people with all these weird with all these weird inflections and all these weird words that are like hybrids and all this other. You know what I mean? I don't know. But I say use those. But at the same time, I feel like it's so much easier to learn Japanese than say like Chinese because Mandarin. Because as I feel like we're we're just if you you can turn on a TV, you can turn on a thing. There's something in Japanese you can watch, or there's some music you can listen to. I'm, uh, I think Chinese pop culture is maybe a little bit harder. Korean's pretty big now. Korean pop culture is huge in the United mm-hmm. States and Southern California. So that, I think that's pretty easy to get into. Oh, just Gangnam immerse style. yourself. Yeah. Oh, don't don't watch oh, sign. You're oh, gonna learn oh, Korean. Oh, oh. That's what I mean. Don't do that. No, that's no? bad. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna learn Korean because of Psy. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. All and right, then all, okay, and every time you speak Korean, you're gonna be doing this little horsey dance. You're just gonna think that's normal. <laughs> that's how you look, that's how you speak Korean. Did you do a little horsey? Anna dance? was doing the the Psy dance in Just Dance uh, four last night. She's terrible oh, at it. Oh, stream output from the camera onto the live stream. Um, I could. Yeah, Anna, I'm not going to do that to her. I don't watch that. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Matthew writes in and says, Hey, wanted to get in touch with you and praise you guys for your 2013 Extra Life efforts. Thank Even though you. you've been taking part for years, it was the first time I actually had the weekend off work and was able to watch the live feed. Yay. And it was great to be able to see RP Gamer staff members, old and new, taking part throughout. A particular <gasps> well, highlight was listening to Manny and Lucifer bickering whilst playing hardcore on Diablo 3. <laughs> Especially when, jerks left me behind person. and I died. Especially when they worked with increasing aggression through the synonym list for friend and as to why they could never be friends, buddies, pals, mates, bros, dudes, fellas, chaps. Anyway, I hope Manny enjoyed... <laughs> I don't even remember this conversation. I do. I, I hope Manny enjoyed the crappy cast-off armor that Lucifer deemed worthy of throwing on the floor as he raced ahead of everyone else. I briefly had to go out around that time, but I hope Lucy's character was murdered horribly and dreadful git. The dreadful. How much your buddy, pal? How <laughs> much your pal, guy? Bad news uh, for you, Matthew. Anna ended up dying and just took the whole thing down. <laughs> it went. It went off. It went downhill from there. Uh, let's see. Um, jerks. Also wanted to mention. He also puts in a plug as Noodle being back on the show as our, our official RPG cast mascot. Yes, please. Well, the problem is other people have nominated my cats to be our official mascot. So. The problem with Noodle is she she can't make it to the show. A lot of times she's working on Saturday. Well, he says 
Her excuse that she enjoys sleeping too much to get up for the cast recording is rubbish. John and Alex have done numerous 3 a.m. British recordings, so Noodles has no excuse. RPG Cast needs its mascot. We need her squeaky <laughs> Kirby quota to be filled. Get her an alarm clock for Christmas, Chris. There we go. Thank Did you, go, And then we'll have a catchphrase. Drink every time we say, Robo Noodle. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> if, she, if, you do, if, if you're going to buy her an alarm clock, Chris, buy her a buy microphone her headset, that works on yeah. a Mac. <laughs> Jason Ario writes in and says, I had two suggestions for family-friendly podcasts. One is Wired's Game Life, and the other is Quarter to Three Games. Um, oh, did I do this last week? I don't remember. But I think there it was the week before. Maybe. Anyway, Wired's Game Life and Quarter to Three Games, two more family-friendly podcasts. Yeah. Let's get into the news, people. Let's see. Child of Light has a big walkthrough video. That's the Ubisoft JRPG that's going for old school JRPG tropes and stuff in it. Anyone watch this thing? Anyone care? I should have watched it, but I didn't find out about it till too late. All right. Nobody cares. But you float around and talk, and it's like you're in a storybook, and it's an RPG. So go check that video out. <laughs> I'll move on since nobody in the podcast gives a crap. Stop Brave- it. Say what, Anna? Stop playing it. Oh, no. Bravely Default gets direct announcements, uh, meaning it was on the Nintendo Direct. So here's what we know. Uh, what December what know, 6th Chris? is the release date in Europe. We already knew that. Yay. And they've got a collector's edition. But we also know that it's going to get a demo on the eShop, and the demo will be out pretty, uh, is all, out already in Europe. So I don't think that helps John, though, because he doesn't have a European 3DS. Yes. Uh, I don't still don't still don't actually have a 3ds. Oh, period. has it been shipped has at all yet? Still not come. Nope. nope. Uh oh. No way. Did you like email them and yell at them? I, I I can't really yell at them that much because I did technically request. Uh, you know, I did order a sort of quite a hard to find limited edition 3ds. Oh. They're just gonna cancel it on you one day. Yeah, That'll they suck. probably are. Ouch. Uh, let's see. Oh, in America, Bravely Default, um, what's February it called? February 7th. Bravely Default, Where the Fairy Flies. Oh, is that where we're going with now? Ugh, I don't know. Well, it's better than Flying Fairy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it is going to be out February 7th, as you said, and it'll also have a collector's edition here. Um, similar, but not a, identical to the European one. It'll have an art book, a soundtrack, CD, and a deck of AR cards to play with that 3DS camera stuff. And, but it will not have the character figurine. Um, I just found a rare in World of Warcraft called John Dar. John Dar. It's John Dar. It's J O N N D A R. It's John Dar. That's great. Nice Diablo three thing. All right. He had Mudbug's mitts. Did he? <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> we also learned a couple more things out of that Nintendo Direct. Uh, they showed a big story trailer for A Link Between Worlds that looked pretty good. Link getting turned into a painting, so now we understand how he gets all his 2D powers. And what else? Uh, that's that's coming out November 22nd, in case you've forgotten. So one more week for A Link Between Worlds. Inazuma 11.3, this is for our European listeners. Inazuma 11.3, Team Ogre Attacks. Uh, 3DS is also announced during Europe's Nintendo Direct. And um, what do we know? It'll be out February 14th, 2014. And Ogre Battle um, Super Nintendo is coming to the Japanese Wii U store. Yeah, we don't get cool stuff like that. 
Um, found a new Kickstarter this week that looks interesting for RP gamers. Uh, this is a, kick, a game being made by a co-creator of the Ro- Realms of Arcania series and a producer of Planescape Torment. Um, this is not like the other Planescape Torment, Torment and Tides of Numeria. This is Deathfire Ruins of Nethermore, which I think is a terrible title. Deathfire Ruins of Nethermore. But whatever. It's a party-based computer role-playing game. That's right, co-op with turn-based combat and... Har- oh, wait, I'm sorry. I, I take that back. I, I don't know why I said co-op. It's party-based like Baldur's Gate, not co-op. Party-based computer role-playing game with turn-based combat. Uh, it's going back to the old-school CRPG style. So if you're in that uh, Dragon Age wasn't old-school enough for me kind of feeling, then check out Deathfire Ruins of Nethermore. They got 21 days to go. They're a long way from their goal. So go check that out. See if you're Did into you it. See? Yeah, go ahead. That other Kickstarter? That no. was uh, it, It's funny. It's like this Kickstarter is like, do you guys remember Fallout? Are you guys sad that you, you didn't get the, the real Fallout 3 you wanted? The Fallout Van Buren, you know, top-down, isometric yeah. post-apocalyptic game? Are you I sad that, that didn't happen? Are you and are we pretending that Wasteland Two doesn't exist? Well, back our Kickstarter. <laughs> what? It was, no, I mean it was funny because they're talking about how they, they're sad there are more post-apocalyptic RPGs in that top-down style, right? But they don't acknowledge the fact that Wasteland Two is in development in the least. Huh? So they're they're acting like they're the first game that's a post-apocalyptic. Well, Wasteland Two hasn't come out yet. No, but. You should see the Kickstarter pitch. Oh, okay. It's like this twelve-minute pitch where they're talking, where they're basically saying they're bringing back a style that's been dead for generations. <laughs> I love it when Kickstarters do that. That's great. Um, and no one else has done this. And didn't even acknowledge the fact that the Wasteland. What was the name exists. of that one? <sighs> New beginning reset. Reset. <laughs> what the hell? Hey, so the, uh, just to go back to the Deathfire one for a second. Um, I'm looking at the video of this now, and I, I miscategorized it as kind of a Baldur's Gate-style game. Mm-hmm. It's more of a first-person view, Ultima-type game. So you're going... Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Now. Yeah. So it's it's like a dungeon crawl, but it's all 3D. So think uh, Legend, Legend of Grimrock, but like yeah. even more, more graphical work, bigger budget, fancier design monsters and stuff. Um, yeah, so you, if you're into that sort of first-person dungeon crawl... But you have a you know fully it looks like a fully movable camera and stuff. Uh, you might be into this, so check it out. Decide if you want to back it. For ten grand, you get um, every future game they make. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> and uh, top billing in the credits, uh, you get five copies of everything: the game, the CD, the figurines, and you get a my favorite part. We will send you, and this is all in caps, a personal note and caps that will be signed by all team members. <laughs> All right, so go check that out. What was the name of yours, Manny? The Fallout one? After Reset, RPG. After Reset, uh, RPG. All right, Black Cloud it, I'll Studios. be honest with you. They show like a couple minutes of gameplay footage. So they're really early on. They only have concept art, really? No, I mean, they showed some gameplay footage, some rough things. It looks bad. It looks I, bad? I just don't... I, my thing with this one is I don't, I don't, I don't think they have the pedigree... I don't know who's. Well, for ten thousand dollars for after reset, ten thousand dollars gets you in the opening credits a limited military professional wristwatch and printed with the logo of Black Sand Mercenary Faction of the after reset setting, an EMP protected black PVD plated steel case, natural leather strap, sapphire crystal, two hundred meter twenty bar. I don't even know what this means, but something's going to go. 
Yeah. All right. Oh, so this this watch is EMP protected. So this watch will not. If there's a nuclear disaster, Wait. it won't. This watch won't fail due to the electromagnetic pulse. Seriously? Yeah. Is this a go, feature? This is this is your reward for donating ten thousand dollars. Oh boy! This is the same watch Mister Nixon wore during his military service and Merck career. Tested personally through ten years of using. Um, Heat of Cuba, Cold of Siberia, Mountains of Tibet, Deep Caves in Nepal, etc., etc., etc. Really worth. That's the last sentence of this reward level is really worth. What does that mean? Yeah, it's probably not... got cut off really worth it. Okay. No, no, no. Actually, Anna, uh, I think you should watch the video. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I... I, I is think English I not necessarily their first language is what you're trying to say? <laughs> uh, very clearly not. Very clear. So is it Eastern European or something like that? I... I I, I hate to be down. It was just funny though, because the, the first thing that I noticed was I think they did like a they made a lot of mistakes for this yeah. Kickstarter video. Like one, it's like a fifteen minute long Kickstarter video. It's ten yeah. minutes, but it's just empty. Wow, they're just showing the guy running around an empty environment with like Ooh. really dead ambient music in the background. It's like they forgot to look at the Kickstarters that were successful and just did whatever the yes. hell they felt like. And. And if you're gonna, you can't. And the worst part is, I think they're gonna get a lot of ill will for just for basically not, like not even for ignoring. No, one they're of the not gonna get ill will. They're gonna get no donations. They're twenty six thousand <laughs> out of a nine hundred thousand dollar goal, and they don't have the sort of video that or pedigree that leads to a nine hundred thousand goal. Yeah, being obtained, I don't know who these so. people are. I don't know what they've made before. They didn't start out with from the guys who've done this, this, and this. We've done this the, before. We've done this before. If you believe this or not. The founder of Black Cloud Studios is Richard Nixon. Not the former president. Um, <laughs> this is Richard Nixon, born in the USSR, served in the army, used to be a merc. So this is this guy was wait, actually wait, in the, the army. Wait, wait so the this guy used to be... About? Yeah, the Nixon they were talking about was not President Nixon. This is the like, guy... For, for a second, I thought that was like, oh, that's maybe cool because, oh, nope. they're, they're getting the watch that Richard Nixon wore. But this is better. This Richard is an actual Nixon. guy who served and had a watch that did cool stuff. I don't know. Wait, wait, and then if it's just a standard military issue watch, why I don't do you spend ten thousand dollars on that? I don't know, dude. I don't know. I don't know. I know I'm hard on this one, but I just saying their video. I feel like they made a lot of mistakes. All right, after reset, go check that out. Decide don't, what you think. But, All right. No, actually, you know what? You're an adult. You can watch the video and make, make your, your own, own decision. decision. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I think that's the an... best advice that we can give about Kickstarters. Another game you can make your own decision about: Project Carnival. Oh, it... oh, oh. Huh? yeah. Sorry. I just saw this one. Did you have you guys seen this Kickstarter Night in the Woods? No. No. It's actually one of the most interesting games I've seen on Kickstarter. Like legitimately. That and that's how you tell do us about it. Um, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just weird and it's, it's I, I really don't know you know how to Night describe it. Night in the it. Woods. It's, At the end of everything really hold on to anything. A new game from Alec Holo, Holoka Aquaria. Oh, the Aquaria guy. And animator Scott Benson. They fully funded in 26 hours. They are multiple times over on their goal. Um, it's it just looks... really impressive. It seems like they're taking this gameplay from you like this. Oh, they've got that um, old style like '60s animation thing going on, which is cool. It's like this. It's like this punk. This, this sort of this punk rock cat who just graduated from college, came back to her town when everyone's growing up and moving away, and she's sort of just aimless and lost. It's like this really weird stuff. Like this. <laughs> so they're telling a coming of age story in a really artistic style. So instead of the artistic puzzle platformer, it's the artistic coming of age video game. <laughs> okay. I think it's a little okay. bit more than that, though. But it's really interesting, and you should see. Like, this got some. Apparently, it's got quite a bit of indie cred right now. Like, all like the big people are like, "Oh, dude, you got it." I don't normally tweet about Kickstarters, but you yeah. gotta check this out. That's, That's like, cool. um, yeah. 
I'll play it when it actually comes out and it reviews well. But yeah. Will you play it on the Humble Store? I, yes, the Humble Store is out. I can download it from the Humble Store because most of the games are on there anyway. <laughs> Just because now it's an yeah. officially a store doesn't really well, make a difference. Well, for a while they've had the, the widgets, so now they just finally consolidated all that into the official Humble Store page, where they have like daily sales. Everything is there. Um, it's an interesting mix because not everything is Windows, Mac, Linux, and not everything's DRM free. So you really gotta like look at the little uh, icons to make sure you're getting you're buying the right thing. But a lot of the stuff is DRM free, and a lot of it is fully cl- cross platform. Let me tell you what I'm more interested in as far as online stores this week, Manny. Gog.com. Why? Because you go to Gog.com. And there is a limited inventory digital crazy sale going on all the time now. And they'll have it's like it's like watching Home Shopping Network. You have like a thousand units, it'll tick down to zero, and then boom, it's um, a new game on can there. Can we perhaps compare it to Woot instead of the HSN? Okay, let's compare it to Woot. If that makes you feel better. I don't know, <laughs> it man. Makes it makes me like, feel less dirty. You just go there and you just keep hitting refresh and you're like, oh, there's a new item up. Oh, there's new, oh, I want that. And you know You know why they're doing that though, right? No. It's because the humble bundle's been eating their lunch. Hmm. Well, I think it's effective because it makes it's. If you want to find the game you want, you just have to sit there and stare at their homepage. So oh, that, that's a good that. job. You know on what? Them. I, what I like about the humble store is that not only is it DRM free, but I also get a Steam key. God won't give me a Steam key too. Oh, I'm sorry. And ten percent of my purchase goes to charity. That's true. That's cool. I usually make it so all my purchase goes to charity on the humble stuff. <laughs> no, but like the store, like every even if like when there's not a sale, the direct purchase goes to charity too now. All right. Well, then you can wait and buy from the humble store FTL because it's getting a free expansion and an and iPad an version. iPad version. FTL finally coming to the iPad. Awesome. And apparently Chris Avalone just loves this is why South Park is not out yet because <laughs> this is another game that Chris Avalone is also working on. Between Project Eternity and Wasteland 2. He's not working on South Park. Right? Sure, what, he, no, just, that was the joke, though. Because, okay. you know, Obsidian still it's has got to new music up. and stuff. Like, dude, the new video story, looked good. A whole new sector, new I hope, they've got a, I hope they've got a noob mode. That's all I want. <laughs> Where's my it noob is, mode? It is easy mode. There is easy mode? Yay. Yeah. I didn't hear that. Okay. No, there's always been an easy mode. No, it sucks, though. It's not good. I can't beat the game. No, what are you it. talking about? It's so it's easy. Not, it's not easy enough. But dude, I'm, it's a roguelike. You're supposed to die. I know, but I want to see the end once. Yeah, I keep <laughs> dying on the last level. I want to see the end. It has an That's end. That's not how that works. No, roguelikes, true roguelikes don't have an end. Do no, they? Dude, I don't dude, know. dude, bro, bro, bro. Look okay. at me, bro. Okay. Look at I'm me. looking at you. I'm looking at you. Okay. Ciao. What's so, up? Even if you finish, even finishing this in easy mode is supposed to feel like an accomplishment. <laughs> Whatever. And you just keep playing until you unlock more ships, and maybe but you have I'm better a luck. Role playing game. Like I play ship. RPGs. I want to feel like I play over and over. I get stronger, and I don't feel that way with FTL. I do because eventually I unlocked like a bunch of ships that just help me get even that much further. And then you learn more techniques, and eventually you have a good run. You take all the knowledge you have. You take that new ship with that new layout that you earned, and right. then you just kick the ass out of that thing. Well, that's what it is. I need to get some more ships. Yeah, how many ships did you play with? Just I, the I've only got like three. Well, you know what? what? You'll probably have a much better experience with the FTL Advanced Edition. Okay, we'll see. Hyperdimension Neptunia Victory is coming to PSN, North America and Europe. <laughs> it's the third installment. Um, I think it was already out on disc, right? Yeah. Yeah, we have it. So anyway, yeah. it's coming on. A, and there's an iOS spinoff called Hyperdimension Neptunia um, featuring voice packs. I don't know, whatever. 
and let's see. Oh, Didn't they announce there's also a hyperdimension Neptunia game coming that's like managing yeah, Idol Master? Yeah, it's an Idol Master. Oh yeah, P- yeah, the PP. Hey, why are we Keanu covering uh, Dead Rising? Speaking of PP, um, I don't know. Are we? Did I miss? That's an action RPG, isn't it? Ah, uh, is it? Um, yeah, you, you think... kill things, you get PP, and then use those PP points when you get enough <laughs> to level up a point. So okay. to, you have an experience. There's a and this mode in the new one on the, the Xbox One, it's a full on experience thing where you drop a skill point into different things. Okay, well, you do that in God um, of War as well. Do we I, count God I, of no, War? No, you don't drop experience points. I think in it's God a situation you level up where... your skills. What are no, you but you don't about? drop experience points into. Yeah, into, you into, you drop red orbs into them. I think no, it's no, a no, you drop red orbs into weapons. <clears throat> yes, I Anna. think it's a situation where it's going to have to be championed by someone on staff because it's considered a borderline item. Oh well, that's not going to happen then. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> Because Manny's distracted watching the 30 straight minutes of Dragon Age 3 gameplay video, No, right? no, 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 no. You are wrong, Chris. And that is a terrible transition because <laughs> since we're talking about iPads, I wanted to go with my story. Oh, okay. Go ahead. So, bro, you like your iPad, right? Um, I want a new one. I like it better than he does. So, but you also like Wind Waker, right? Yeah. Yeah. What if Ooh. you can play Wind Waker on your iPad, but not really? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Okay, so there's a new iOS game called Oceanhorn. Have you heard of this? No. It's a Zelda clone. Well, more directly, it's a Wind Waker clone on the iPad. Been getting great reviews. It has music from Nobu Uematsu and Kinji Ito. Um, it's a, like a twelve. It's like a ten to twelve hour campaign, and it's it's basically it really is just Wind Waker. These guys were heavily inspired by Wind Waker, and since Nintendo was going to make another one, they said, "F it, let's make one on iOS." Hold on, I think I've heard of this. Let me yeah, see. Yeah, Oceanhorn. It's been in development for like years and years and years. Oceanhorn, the adventure game? Yeah, Oceanhorn. Yeah, it's an adventure game though. No, it's not an adventure game. It says Oceanhorn, the adventure game on their official site. I guess. <laughs> it's like they call it an Well, because it's an action, well, Zelda's an action adventure, so that makes sense. Yeah, okay. so this looks cool. Is it out? Yeah, it's out now. It just oh! launched. Oh, uh, I'm going to download this. Yeah, it's uh, it's also how much is it? Uh, how much is it? Univ- it's eight ninety nine. Eight ninety nine. Anna, you cool on this? Yeah. Have you seen it? No. You should open it, see it. Okay. It, to be fair though, these guys have been working on this game for a long time, and they wow, even paid Nobuo Uematsu and Kenji Ito to write music. You this don't is, do that for ninety nine cents. Do I need an Air to play this? Will this play on my three? Okay. Your iPad three? Yeah. Oh, I did. They just did an update that if you have an iPad Air, it'll run full sixty frames a second. <gasps> Ooh. We gotta get right here, Anna. We gotta I get an air. air now runs the game at 60 frames per second. They you you don't want just an air. You want a mini. Well, either way, it'll run it at 60. Okay. Same thing. Same okay. hardware. Um, yeah, apparently the controls are really good, too. I mean, if you're going to do touch controls, this is how you do it. Two giant buttons and, like, lots of contextual stuff. This looks good, Anna. Wow. And okay. Anything just for the music. We're going to so play that guys, later. Anyone who's interested. Okay. Oh. No, would I run on my iPad one? No, they're that thing away. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing runs on an iPad one. Buy a new you know, iPad. Noodle had, you know, Noodle blew it because there was an there was a Walmart recently, or was it Target? Yeah, recently had a deal where they would tr- they would take any iPad and they would give you two hundred dollars on it. What? Yeah. Yep. So people were going in there and trading in their iPad ones and for like. 300 bucks like if you, you can get an ipad mini which is so much better than an ipad one an ipad mini is the equivalent of an ipad 2 manny 
Yeah, and an iPad 2 is better than an iPad 1. That's it is, but is it $300 better? I don't think so. Uh, it's $100 better. I'd rather wait and put that money towards the uh, the iPad mini, the new iPad mini, but okay. Then you can just pay 200 well, Exactly. 200 bucks, and you get an iPad that's way better than your iPad 1. Exactly, yo. Bro, so why, look up for noodle. Why didn't anybody tell me about this? <laughs> <laughs> it's on the internet. If you stopped yeah, going to your David Hasselhoff fan sites, you could notice this stuff. I think stuff. that deal's over. But yeah, everyone was going, going to going to the David Hasselhoff fan site. She is she the David is the Hasselhoff da- fan right. site. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Why is there not a David Jeez, Hasselhoff video game? There should be a David Hasselhoff video game. You know what I want? I, like, I want like a Baywatch open world like rescue survivor <laughs> game. Well, you know, we have 30-minute videos of David Hasselhoff looking at hamburgers on the floor, but we... You know, but you know that's old. Now we have thirty minutes of Dragon Age three gameplay. You know what's really weird? Let me what? give you a quick little bit of Baywatch tri- uh, history oh, and trivia. Okay, so you just won't original- let me oh, make God. this transition. Oh God! So okay, so Baywatch was really popular at one time. So popular that they decided we need Baywatch on twi- like twice in one day. Yeah. So they came up with a show called Baywatch Nights, and it was basically uh, it was basically what's Wait, his why name? Are you David Hasselhoff. Swimming Hasselhoff's at night? Talks. No, this is sort of like Baywatch Nights. Those like the stuff that happens what, around who's the beach. Watching David in Hasselhoff- the bait. Okay. Well, no, wait, hold on. When David Hasselhoff is off duty, you know he's going to bars, he's canoeing with ladies, he's having a great, you know, he's having a great time with people. But then the but the format didn't work. So they said, okay, our ratings are low. What do we do to revitalize? Well, Noodle liked it apparently. I, so apparently, I, I, this, I, 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 I didn't David get Hasselhoff was a private investigator. I didn't get to the good part yet. I didn't what? get to the good part. This is the part that's gonna blow your mind. Okay, so they decided to revitalize the show. They were going to turn it into something completely different. So they said, what's good? What's hot on TV right now? The X-Files is popular. <laughs> I'm not joking. So what happened is Baywatch Nights turned into an X-Files clone. So every night, David Hasselhoff, after he became a lifeguard during the day and saved people's lives, he would go on adventures and hunt down people like the Bigfoot, who would happen to wander down into Santa Monica. <laughs> what the hell? I, I am not joking. kidding me. This is this can't be real. real. This can't be real. And then it got canceled. Noodle says, "What a surprise!" Because, because people said, "Wait a minute, <laughs> X Files clone is too stupid for even us on UPN." This has- <laughs> wow. Looking about the Bigfoot, oh. Bigfoot came to Santa Monica, and David Hasselhoff, after a long day of saving people on the beach, how could he had- do that at that night? Was- that doesn't even make sense. It's not no. supposed to make sense. What is, is it? this? I don't even. Yeah. He became a paranormal detective. Great. <laughs> Great. It's really weird because the first episode is just like he's having a good time. He's going to bars. He's dancing to pretty ladies. It's like, oh, yeah, it's fun. Santa Monica, Malibu's great at night. And then it's like the next episode, hey, help me find Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> it was really weird. It was really weird. Oh, yeah, and then the excuse was, wait, it, there's no such thing as winter months in California Noodle. We're always at the beach. It's it's literally like 80 degrees outside right now, and it's like November 16th. Well, winter doesn't start till next month. No, even then, you're still going to be both at the beach. <laughs> anyway, good fun. That That's my little Baywatch trivia that was just too dumb not to share. Oh, Noodle saying don't ruin the premise. <laughs> During the cold winter months in Santa Monica when it's 75. So, Chris, you were telling me about some awesome thing that I love, 30 minutes worth of something? Dragon Age 3, you can watch it and then realize that it looks more like an action game than an RPG. 
and, and you expecting anything different from modern yeah, EA? Yeah, based, based on how they've been presenting this game so far, yeah, I did present things. I expected yeah, things expected different. expected something different from modern EA? Yeah. Okay, well, they have a conversation it, wheel system, so that's good at least. Uh, well, you know, KPR is going to tell you exactly what you want to hear, whether it's true or not. Well, they went to they had panels with like developers saying these things. Look at, look, look at Battlefield 4. The campaign's it better looks, than ever. You know what it looks like? Manny, it looks like Skyrim. <laughs> They're going for I, Skyrim I, with Dragon Age. Uh, how many times have I said, are you surprised by what modern EA is doing? They've even got little uh, moose running up the side of mountains. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So bro, like bro, yeah. it's EA. What was popular? Let's do that. I, it, it it really looks like something, yeah, on the vein of Skyrim or Kingdoms of Amalur. But that doesn't mean it isn't good. It could be good. No, not at all. I mean, doesn't mean. I mean, you know, Oh my gosh, the- Manny! I just noticed they even. You know how Skyrim has that that bar on the top of the screen that you turn around and it has little icons representing quests and things nearby you. Yeah, and you can just run towards them. It has that. This game has that bar like directly. Yep. Hmm. So this will not be the dragon game I want, but maybe it's the Dragon Age game Ooh, I deserve. But. There are like big dragons flying around that you can just engage. So does Skyrim. <laughs> That's exactly Skyrim. But now you have a party. Um, I'm just well. This video only has one dude running around. Okay. So like, I don't see a party. <laughs> I don't want to be overly cynical, but it's like I mean, does does Battlefield Four really need a crappy corridor shooter campaign? No. Why do they put it in there? Because EA wants Call of Duty money, and they think by doing that. By putting in this thing, they'll get that Call of Duty. Oh money. wait, I I was wrong, man. As soon as you take your weapon out, your party shows up. Boom! There it is. But there's no tactical mode. How do you know? Yes, there is. They well, just didn't pause it in the video. They're game. not showing it in the video game. Mm. Yeah, they totally is. Uh, maybe. Uh, the guy's walking up and he's doing action moves and burning boats, and uh, I don't know what's going on. But you can't be surprised. Like Skyrim was like the biggest crossover RPG since yeah. like Mass Effect. Looks very actiony. But Are you if surprised it is, that if it's sufficiently Skyrim-y, I'll be interested in it. So I mean, we'll come see. on, of course they took some of that. That's kind of what EA does. Hmm. They take the best. They see what's the biggest thing around. They're like, let's let's do one of those, but let's put our EA spin on it. This is funny. This is a uh, thirty minutes of footage from a pre-alpha build, and it's from a camera. It's not even a direct feed. So, and then, what, is know. this like illegal footage or something? Uh, where'd this footage come from? Um, it was being played at Digit Expo, so they're showing it off in Finland. At Digit mm, Expo, someone just literally walked up and just it was filled it. from the crowd with a handheld camera. Um, I'm surprised he didn't order a takedown. I don't know. They may not know it exists yet. Uh, it was on Polygon. They know. Oh, okay. Hmm. So just rolling with it. Good yeah. for you. That is nice of them to do. I mean, they did publicly exhibit it, so. It's not too bad for it to be out. Oh, there. but remember how many times we've been to E3 where we see like some guy running up to someone says, "You can't take a picture." Uh, no camera, no camera. Need that from your camera. Screenix would have signs some years, and they just stick the sign in front of your camera, like blocking you, like like very passive aggressively. Um, yeah, we would. What me and Fox usually do is we negotiate. It's like I know there's technically not supposed to be any photos, but can we maybe film like ninety seconds so that we have a bumper to put in front? And we'll just, like, stand there and film until they tell us to go away. You mean waiting for them to say no? Yeah. So you're just buying time by asking the question? Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, uh, let's see. 
Yeah, so I'm watching a boss fight now, and it is there's no pausing, it seems like. I think you can, but... Oh, it's so action-y. That's not Dragon Age. That's not Dragon... Well, I guess it is now. Oh, there he is, pausing and doing somewhat technical... Oh, whatever, 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 whatever. This is just depressing me. Pokemon X and Y! Do you want to download 212 Pokemon songs? Well, now you can for the low, low price of $9.99 on the iTunes Music Store. That's right, 212 Pokemon songs. Pokemon X and Y Super Music Collection, available now. Are they ripped straight from the game, or are they like or, like orchestral versions? No, these are what? straight from the game, um, and it's really good. X and Y have a good soundtrack, so I'm shocked they're putting the whole soundtrack up to over 200 songs, and it's that's three and a half hours of Pokemon music, and it's only 10 bucks. That's great. I, wait, I thought Nintendo hates Apple and mobile. Dev- and... Apparently not. <laughs> okay. Well, Game Freak is the one doing this. Remember, Game Freak has a, a number of Pokemon-related apps up. so They have a little bit of autonomy. Yeah. yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, that's that's really cool. So I want to put that out there. If you like the Pokemon XY soundtrack, you want to buy it, 10 bucks. Uh, looks like a what good What about purchase. Android? Sorry, what about Android? Uh, the songs work fine on Android. Oh, I, I just thought whenever there's like an Apple question, you have to ask. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, let's see. And, oh, that's cool. There's a Pokemon TV app for iOS and Android, and you can use that to watch the four-part TV series, Pokemon Origins, which is a four-part retelling of the beginnings of the first Pokemon games in mm-hmm. animated form. Um, it, like, it actually has red and blue as the here, as the people in there, and that'll be on starting yesterday. So get that app free? and you can watch it. Yeah. Cool. Free, free, free. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons Online is getting reincarnation updates. I'm going to read this paragraph. You guys tell me if you understand a single word of it. All right? John, I'm, I'm hoping you can help translate. Or An- Anna, you, you speak MMO. Maybe you can help. Okay. The MMORPG's reincarnation options include heroic true reincarnation, which now allows players to choose between any classes or iconics available, iconic true reincarnation, which is available for those who've hit the level cap playing in iconic life, and re- epic reincarnation, which allows players to retain their epic destiny progress. According to the developer, lesser reincarnation remains primarily unchanged while it absorbed the functionality of greater reincarnation. Um, I have no idea what that said. I Can we talk about means. Baywatch Nights more? Yeah, <laughs> I, I know, right? I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know what reincarnation is in Dungeon in Dragon Online. I don't know why I'm supposed to be excited. I don't know what any of what I just said means. But there's an update. So update 20 changes that. So if you play the game and have any idea what the hell I just said, I hope you're excited. <laughs> um. I'm reading the full patch notes now. It doesn't get any easier. No, it doesn't help at all. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Oh, Manny, remember that whole controversy when um, Shadowrun Returns came out and we're like, well, we can't really do DRM free. Okay, okay, we promised it to you guys, so only you guys who backed us get DRM free. Remember and that? And then everyone said F this and stopped carrying completely. Yeah, and well, it turns out they went back and negotiated with Microsoft and everyone gets DRM free now. It feels a little too, little too late. Well... Whatever. I'm enjoying the game, uh, though I haven't had time to finish it up since uh, Extra Life. I'd be interested to see like a bundled version with the DLC, the Berlin DLC. Mm, Okay. And throw that on the Humble Bundle. Yeah. Uh, DRM free. There you go. Uh, Do we cover Deep Down? I didn't remember. So I put it's in a my... it's a roguelike, isn't it? Or not roguelike. It's like a dungeon dungeons. I don't know, souls, something like that. Souls, demon soul, kick me in the ball, souls. Uh, the point is, they updated and point out that there's an infinite number of randomly gem- generated dungeons in the game. Um, it's a free to play PlayStation Four title. It's not out yet, 
Wait, that's the Capcom one? Yeah. Huh, free to play. Yep. So I don't know what you're going to spend money on, and it's yeah. a little scary. But, uh, let's see. But yeah, so they got to monetize somehow. Oh. Yeah. You, you mentioned Shadowrun Returns. Are you still playing that, or are you taking I a break? I said I haven't had time uh, since Extra Life. Uh, okay. I just, I've literally, I've really been too busy. I sit down at my PC and I think about getting into it, and I just, I just didn't have time right now. Um, cool, you can blame cool. BlizzCon for taking my PC time and make me want to play Blizzard games instead. So it's Blizzard's fault. Um, let's see. Oh, there's a big old Zelda sale going on right now on your 3DS and your Wii U. Well, I don't know if any of you have a Wii U, but we do. So for us, uh, the Legend of Zelda's 350 Zelda 2. Um, Adventure Link, the only RPG Zelda, is three fifty on 3DS, and uh, Link's Awakening DX is four dollars on 3DS. Then Wii U um, has Legend of Zelda and Zelda Two each for three fifty. Um, that goes until November twenty first. Uh, we talked about South Park, the older public. They have a story out again about how you know they've got star fighting in there, and it's RPG, so you can like you know level up and stuff. So if you want to play Star Fighting in Old Republic, which I kind of do, I don't know when that comes out. But Do I'm they like, abandon their Mac plans? I don't know. That's a good question. Because I know Star Trek Online is actually like going into Mac beta like this week. Every ship has a skill tree and players can spend requisition in-game experience points to unlock new components, upgrade to the existing components, and unlock companions. I will probably check this out when it comes out. Um, December 3rd. Sounds cool. Hmm. Uh, Oh, did you see like 2015, the release date for December 2015 for the new Star Wars movie? Uh, right, right. I heard about that. So I wonder what the, if they're going to try to tie it in, but I don't see how they could possibly. Oh, this expansion? No. No, just, I mean, the Old Republic game. I, isn't the point that it isn't tied in? That's the freedom that being the Old Republic gives you? It's yeah, the freedom but come and on, the curse, marketing right? opportunity. I, I. I think the whole point of Old Republic is to not be tied into the current Star Wars stuff, so I don't see Marketing that Marketing opportunity. Whatever, man. I, I think EA's fault. Uh, whatever. Um, why did I put this USB headset story in here? I just... I have no idea. <laughs> I think because I level up, that was for me, because I wanted to figure out how to use a headset on my PS4. I, I don't know what kind of USB headset I need. I need to figure that out. All right. You know, you can use Game Audio. No, no, no. I'm just wondering that um, uh, that's old Republic thing. I mean, the game's free, still free to play, isn't it? That hasn't changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just like well, might just have a look at it when it comes out. I doubt I'll actually spend that much time with it, but yeah. <laughs> you don't have to, to pay play, for anything, like the ships or anything, right? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, you get not? your own personal ship as part of the storyline quest. Well, so. yeah, okay. So to get the expansion, you need to be, like, preferred or something, or silver or something like uh, that, I think. So you need to have bought something well, at some point. Well, I'm preferred, because I remember, I remember oh. playing the game as a subscriber. Yeah, like, then, you, then you're good. I don't, I don't know how the other people get it. Either you, you can buy it or maybe cartel coins or something like that. I'm sure it says yeah, in the story, but I really don't care, so I'm not going back to it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get Neither it, and I know us. the rest of you don't care about the Old Republic. So, Oh, okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Most commercially available USB headsets will be compatible. So I'm going to try my USB headset and see if it works Chris, on my PS3. You know, you can also just plug in any old headphones, like with a, the three-ring headphone jack, and you can play audio through there. Really? Yeah. Cool. I, I did hear about that. Yeah, Anna, right here on the controller in the bottom is a little headphone port. Ooh. And it streams the game's audio right into it. So you Very can play nice. it without being on the TV. Yeah, that's cool. Even something as crappy as like some Apple headphones, whatever. Yeah. 
We could use my Sound Blaster headphones. Yes, we could. Um, Product that placement. Yeah. So where do you plug the USB headset in? To the front of the machine. Really? It doesn't plug into... Oh, I thought like maybe it would plug into the controller. Hmm. If your headset USB headset has like micro USB connector, maybe. All right, I gotta figure that out. Uh oh. Okay, and insomnia. So this was what I was thinking of earlier. This is a this was the co-op role-playing game insomnia. And it's been canceled. So if you were following that on Kickstarter, I'm sorry. It's been canceled. Was it actually... uh, It's a tactical cooperative. I'm sorry? Was it backed on Kickstarter? (laughs) They had $5,000 out of their $70,000 goal. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to say... They canceled it. No. Didn't do well. They're going to relaunch it later in January. Because, yeah, in 10 days, they only got five grand. So they said, yeah. I think this is just a really, really bad time of year to try to do a Kickstarter. Yeah, it seems to be. Well, I mean, unless you're unless you created Mist, in which case they did fine. Right, but I mean, <laughs> come on. New consoles, holiday shopping, Christmas presents. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just it's a bad time of year to try to ask people for you know their disposable income because they don't have disposable income. Well, they already disposed of it, is what you mean. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. If they dispose of it into other thing and other Kickstarters and yeah. All right, guys, that's all I got for news. Did I miss anything, Manny? This is where you play. I want you to on. play Ocean Horn and tell me what you think. Ocean Horn, got it. I'm gonna download it right after this show. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it for us for this week. Thanks everybody for bearing with us. If you'd like to send feedback to the show, a couple ways for you to do it: board.rpgamer.com is where you go for our message boards. You can go into the latest updates forum and find the show thread. Post your comment there. We'll read it here on the show um, if it's you know relevant. Um, send us an email: podcast at rpgamer.com. We can also read your messages through there. You can send us an MP3 file attachment. Do a full-on game review like the legendary Zoltan did or send us your own musical compositions inspired by RPGs that you like to play um, in addition you can um, send us a voicemail 608-729-4098 uh, 30 seconds or less what we prefer 608-729-4098 that number again 608-729-4098 operators are standing by call now my cat is on the router my other cat's about to stand on my soundboard I you think can't we're leave good. until you give him a question of the week question of the week um what's our question do I have to come up with it? Yes. What, oh, what 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 bad TV show would you like to see an RPG made from? <laughs> <laughs> what should Dave Hasselhoff have done other than investigating Bigfoot? Everything. I, everything. He was yeah. a paranormal PI. Oh my gosh. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Tell us about your launch experience with the new consoles. Have you been enjoying anything or not? Oh yeah. That's yes. a legitimate question. Yes. Did you get a new Did you get, get a, a PS4 new console? Yeah, PS4. Next Friday, you'll have an Xbox One potentially. What do you, What do you like? What do you not like? Um, yeah, how's that going for you? Uh, and <laughs> compare and contrast the Spike TV launch events for each console. <laughs> All right, that's it for this week. We'll catch you next week live at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern at rpgamer.com slash live. And you can also catch us streaming live on Twitch this week with our PS4. So check that out, too. And uh, comment in the chat room because we need more people who are not there to just troll us. All right, we'll talk to you later, everybody. Catch you next week. That's it for RP Gamers RPG Cast. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.